This is preemptive, preemptive multi, 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 preemptive pre, multi, preemptive multi talking, talking, preemptive, preemptive multi talking. And we're back finally. Yeah, we just, I think we've just given up on the idea that we're ever going to do this as a weekly thing. Maybe what, what, what's the deal? Oh, I, I, I'm, I haven't given up. I'm an eternal optimist. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah. Just, just be thankful we ever do these guys. I guess yeah, that's where totally. we're getting to. We're so once a year, once a year. What we're more than once a year. That's definitely like, biannually. Yeah. Do do a podcast now. I yeah. think that's pretty good. Our sponsors are very upset with us. Yeah, they're they're getting yeah, they're, very they're angry. pulling their funding. What sponsor? Oh yeah, I don't think I don't think all the mentionings of alcohol we've done is uh, has helped us at all. Yeah, no, you know we tried. We we just want really one hard. case. Come on, guys. Yeah, give us something. No, anyway. but you know I'm going to still plug Valentine's because it's the best cheap scotch there is. Mm. And they'll never Where ever sponsor us. I got a boxing rock so temptation that, red ale. Does yeah, that make me a go. sucker? No, no, it no. makes you makes you a, a loyal customer. And, let's uh, uh, hopefully sponsor someday. Let's dive right in. Yeah, you know we're 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 trying to fill in the blanks with this podcast in terms of what you see the uh, the tech media reporting. We're trying to fill in the blanks. Yeah, trying to what, what's missing? Figure out what's exactly. really going on. We're really trying to figure out what our podcast is, and if you've seen us bumble through them as as we went so far, I think that's what we've come down to. There's something missing in every still have big no idea. media story. There's something missing <laughs> that we always feel like, hey, this is this is the main point that everyone's missing. So I guess that's what we're trying to do. So let's jump into yeah. suckers. Suckers. Well, this is preemptive multi-talking. It's September twenty seventh, twenty sixteen, and I'm Mike Lowell. And I'm Chris Marriott. And first thing we're going to start talking about, I guess, is uh, everything. We have so many topics right now, I don't know where we start. Where, where do you want to John start? John Chen. Chris? John Chen. Okay. Blackberry. He started today. And this is his newest thing that he wants to push to us. The, the wishful thinking of John Chen and Blackberry. He wishes Canadians supported the Blackberry brand more. Right. Because a country of 36 million people uh, is is all that it takes for BlackBerry to succeed. Yeah, we're an island, right? Yeah, that's the most important thing that we're not supporting. And I tweeted about it earlier. As soon as I seen this, it's like, how can you possibly think that Canadians haven't supported BlackBerry? Uh, I know, I know. Uh, one of my friend's dads, he put tens of thousands of dollars in investment, lost a lot of money in BlackBerry. <laughs> I know, like, these are personal I people. Say, I know people that yeah, lost. I would, I would say before money. John complains about yeah. uh, Canadians supporting him, you might want to take stock of how much money his company has cost the average Canadian. Exactly. Their investment portfolios, their mutual funds, so their retirement savings plans. How much the government has invested in this company, right. given to this company. How much uh, private investors have given from Canada's company. And we we looked at the like remember looking at numbers in 2012 and 2013 at the highest like one of the highest percentages of BlackBerry owners were always Canadians. When you looked at every other country on on how many BlackBerry devices, we always supported this brand. We always tried to buy. I know people that still buy Blackberries because they want to buy the Canadian thing, and they're just giving up. And so that's why, what that's where everyone is. You know, I'm just going to come just out wishing and... that we. I, I can't believe he has the audacity to say this. It's amazing. I don't think it's audacity. I think he's an idiot. Yeah, I'm just going to come out and say it. I, th- <laughs> I think he's an idiot. Haven't you said this before? Um, I have, sort of. But let, let me be really blunt. For the CEO of BlackBerry to now be pleading with Canadians that they need to support that company and its products, um, can you be more out of touch? This is not the 1970s where you know the, the average American chooses to buy a, a piece of crap car manufactured in the United States out of patriotism 
out of loyalty to their own economy. We, that's not the world we live in. The fact is Canadians have already given so much. Yes. We've run out of patience. We're no longer interested. The company has been run into the ground. And if his, his, if his next move is to, is to prey upon or try to capitalize on Canadian nationalism, it's unreal. Can it be any more than a fa- of a failure? Well, um, I, even, I even look at this as, you know, I, I, I was a CS major in, in Canada, uh, and I know they were doing a lot of hiring at BlackBerry, and I never went the BlackBerry route, but I know people that did. And these are people that spent years at BlackBerry working there, working on technology that went nowhere. Right. Like, we, we have a brain drain on people that worked on stuff that was useless in, in, the, in the long term because of the promise that BlackBerry was going to keep getting better and keep working at Enterprise. Mm-hmm. And like they, they never even con- – they gave up on every aspect of their company at some point. Well, look, they've and already they signaled up on making and, and he's, The thing is John Chen is not even being remotely transparent or honest about what's really going on at BlackBerry. It's obvious to us they're getting out of hardware. Yeah. They're no longer going to make hardware. The, the newest device is, their is not made system. by their, is not made like by you, you want us to what? Support some forked or 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 modified version of Android that you're going to market and bill out as being secure, which is complete bullshit. No, it's not even really any forked or added any real security to it. It's just that they are going to make sure it's updated. So you're going to pay more for budget. These are budget. Like the last device, it's a budget device. It should be $200. Certainly not being sold it's at budget. Bucks. Right. Certainly not being sold at budget prices. No, it's 430 bucks in Canada and it is by specs It's two-year-old technology. Yeah, it's a it's really garbage. bad phone. Right. Yeah. So, you know, where I stand, I just don't understand. I really, I really don't understand how a person like John Chen gets to become CEO of BlackBerry. I am a CEO and title of a very small company. I'm not an idiot. I know I'm not an idiot. (laughs) That man is an idiot. How the hell does he get into those kinds of positions? It just, it racks my brain how the board, its shareholders, how an enterprise could allow someone like that to not run it into the ground, to continue running it into the ground and, and to con- continuously make a fool of himself. I just don't get it. I'm not, I'm not saying I don't, don't want to be CEO of BlackBerry, but holy shit, I think I'd do a much better job. He's killed off everything that it was. BlackBerry is a shell of its former self. There's like if Mike Lazari, this Jim Basile, they, they don't look at this company as it, it was the, like, like it no, was. No, but they also got out when their stock was worth something. Yeah, it was smart. Uh, sort of. They, I, I wouldn't bill them out. They're very intelligent people, but the way that they managed BlackBerry was terrible. Yeah. You know, they are responsible They didn't take the iPhone seriously. Decline. They didn't take Android seriously. Right. They stuck to their guns on things. But then they released, you know, like when we look at, like, I think the thing we're missing here is the, the historical perspective on how we got to this point in BlackBerry. And, you know, when BlackBerry could have released something cool back in 2011, 2012, they released the Torch. They released slider phones. What did they do last year? They released a slider Android phone. No one ever asked for a slider. No one ever wanted, like, I, have you ever seen a Priv user? I, I know, I, I was, this weekend I was with someone and they were, they had a BlackBerry Priv. And I noticed how every time she picked up her phone to type, to text someone, to type, she never pulled out that keyboard once. Right. Because people just want, they, like, if you have to pull out your keyboard every time you, you, you type to someone, after a while, that quick, typing or texting back to your friend, you're not going to pull out that keyboard. Well, I've got a good analogy. Yeah. Henry Ford said that if he asked his customers 
this is before the Model T, then even when the Model A was in production. Yeah. If he asked his customers what they wanted, they would have wanted a faster horse. Exactly. That's what he said. John Chen is the guy who's trying to give his customers a faster horse. Yeah, and that's why they're on Android now. That's why they still have sliders right. in 2016. There's no vision. No vision no, whatsoever. No idea. And the the cool products that they've actually come up with, like the, the Passport, I thought was a really unique concept. A, a square screen, um, a, a big keyboard on it, like a touch. Like It had some really cool ideas for how to make BlackBerry in the future. And anything that was unique or, or, or good about BlackBerry or creative just seems to be thrown away under John Shan. And I... To ask Canadians now to buy these crappy Android phones and saying we're not supporting the company by, you know, we, we've done, Canadians have done everything they can. We Their biggest fans are in Canada. And to blame Canadians at this point, it seems it seems unreal. And I can't believe that I actually it's incredulous. saw that coming. Come yeah, it's that. totally incredulous. And, yeah. and uh, I, I just, it just, it really does. It baffles me how he's CEO of that company. Yeah. It, it, I can't understand it. I, I can't even begin to understand no, and, it. No, and I, I think that's all we need to say about that. Like, we really don't have anything else to say other than, really? Really, John? Like, you, he said nothing of substance there. There's no way you can possibly say Canadians didn't support this company. You just didn't make a device worth buying for the last five mm. years. And you're wrong about the direction the company should take. You're wrong yeah. about the products that should be developing. You're wrong about the operating system you chose. You're wrong to abandon the operating system you had. You're wrong to abandon the hardware that you had. Yeah. You're wrong to focus on the consumer. You're wrong to make budget phones. You're wrong to think that people will pay for Android. Yeah. The man is just wrong. The world was waiting for an op- like iOS lagged in enterprise. You know, Android is nowhere in enterprise. You had enterprise, and why are you giving it up? Why did you give it up so easily? When you came in, you could have made something uh, uh, when it came to enterprise. You could have made BBM something and just waited on everything way too long, and now he's just trying to give it. What What do you need? What do you want from me? I'll mm. just give you whatever you want. And but trying to blame the Canadian no public is just... No. Um, it's sad. Yeah, it's no focus. To, to, quote, to quote the Donald. It's sad. It's sad. It's, it's sad. It's sad. So sad. <laughs> so that's enough with that. I, yeah, we're I not going to talk about the debate. We're not going to talk about the debate, are we? No. No, no. We don't. Like I'm, Hillary I'm, kicked his ass. That's yeah, all you need Hillary to know. Hillary did uh, kick Trump's ass. When you when you start talking about cybersecurity, I, I was disappointed in both candidates. I mean, you, we, we have two well, Luddites running for running for president right now. No, but no, a Luddite. Yes. That. Hillary Clinton is not a Luddite. She was running a, an email server out of her home as Secretary of State. Like, you're not a Luddite, okay? <laughs> you might not be saying, correct, but you're not a Luddite. Yeah, but she she has a lot of trouble. Like, if she could explain stuff better when it comes to technology, she could easily get past a lot of these questions. And oh, her sure. problem is explaining it. I don't think a lot of what she did was that bad. She, no, I don't she, either. She has a terrible job explaining what she did. Yeah. But let's not get too much into that. We're not a political podcast, but... Um, it was really fun to see, I think my favorite tweet on it was, uh, it was a, a woman that was very prepared to be president running against uh, your, 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 your uncle's Facebook page. That's yeah. really what we saw. Yeah, and, well said. Yeah, that's, that was perfect. That sums it up. So I think we should move on from the, uh, yeah. the debate because there's going to be another one and it's going to be even better. It's going to be great. It's going to be huge. Hopefully we'll have some, some moderating. That would be nice. I Actually, get a moderator. Fire to, yeah. holding feet to the fire on the actual question. What's the point of checking facts if you're not going to stand by them? That's, I don't really get it, but let's talk about something more explosive, uh, the Exploding <laughs> 7. 
Yeah, the the Samsung Splody. Samsung Splody Seven. Everyone uh, everyone knows about this. It's huge in the news. Uh, we really wanted to get this on the podcast because we've been talking about it a lot and, and what it means to a brand to have something like this happen. Uh, we have one. Really well, what good does ar- it mean to burn cars to the ground? To uh, to burn children and light bags on fire? To burn testicles? What what does it mean to a brand? It's, well, it's, to have your testicles burned. Imagine you can't trust your phone not to burn your house down. Like, imagine I can't trust my phone to, to not burn my testicles. So if you haven't heard... Because the, like the, the phone, yeah. like in my pocket, it's fairly close, right? If it explodes, it's right there. Oh, yeah, right. like I'm done. <laughs> I don't have a family tree after me no, if that happens. My legacy is And I, I don't really go very far without my phone. It's basically attached to me. Yeah, it's, it's, it's scary. usually pretty close to my genitals. Yeah. It's, like, it's right yeah. there. <laughs> so the, the, that's the real problem here that Samsung's seeing. If you don't know yet, I think everyone knows. So the Note 7 had a huge battery issue. Apparently, um, we were going to post an article from uh, CNET that really tried to explain exactly the ins and outs of how this happened. But basically, they tried to squeeze too much battery in too small of a package. Uh, they really this battery and they rushed very development. Big. They put serious pressure on their suppliers to 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 meet the shipping deadline of the iPhone Seven. Yeah, and that's right, really what all happened. about Samsung trying to get a phone on the market, a new phone to compete with the iPhone the iPhone Seven. And uh, and we don't care, don't yeah. care the costs, don't ignore the engineers, ignore the developers. We're going to ship it. Yeah, let's not test this thing properly. Let's get it out there. And the thing was, the whole idea on this was they wanted to get this out there to get in front of the boring iPhone 7. And we'll talk a bit, of course, we're going to talk about the iPhone 7 coming up. You know that's going to come from us. But when we look at the, uh, they wanted to get in front of this boring iPhone 7 and wanted to get some market share and get some people interested in this this Note 7 device before it was released. So in their quest to beat Apple to the punch and beat Apple's release date, that's where this really happened. And um, there's really not a better explanation from it. Uh, The Wall Street Journal, we're going to post an article on that exactly why this happened. There's a CNET article, like I mentioned, that we're going to post uh, the actual ins and outs and the details from uh, some battery researchers on how this happened. But that doesn't really matter. What really matters is what this has done to Samsung's brand. You know, we look at what Samsung is. What What is the Samsung Galaxy brand? And it really, to a lot of people, it's the other premium brand. There's the iPhone and then there's the Galaxy series. They're what people buy if they are anti-Apple. They just don't want to buy an Apple product. They want to, they want to buy... A Samsung price. There are Samsung well, fans. Android's better because it's open. Yeah. Haven't you heard? So you want an open Android. It, it, I always like to use the term open-ish. I've used that hashtag quite a few times. It, Not is, open for much longer. We're going to get to that later in the podcast. Yeah, we'll talk about that too. But uh, it's funny how, you know, they're the other luxury brand and now they really tarnish that. Like when they're the only other smartphone luxury brand, they're the, the, people buy a Samsung phone, I think, a lot of times because... They want to have a decent device, I guess, but they don't really care about how good the phone is or if it's better than the iPhone, just that they want to buy something that's premium, but not an iPhone, iPhone. so they don't look cheap. I guess These so. These are guys, that, people that just don't want to look like they're cheap. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the logic sort of click, yeah, it's weird. clicks with I don't me. Understand. It's weird. That's not everybody. Yeah, I, I know, It's and it's also painting a few million people with a with a brush but because um, we're not really looking I, at performance. I think you're you're onto something there you know a lot of people talk about Samsung's performance and and they say like you know oh, it has the best chipset and the best set, uh, set uh, of specs you can really get for Android but when we look at the software and this has been one of the biggest complaints about the note uh, 7 and the uh, galaxy s uh, 7 and the galaxy s uh, 7 edge 
The biggest problem is Samsung software slows down the performance, slows down the experience. People, when they first open up the phone, sometimes it's just laggy for a while while you're trying to first use it. it uh, and, you know, it's the typical Android stuff of, you know, Samsung adding their own layer and touch whiz and these things adding more bloat and more slowness to the device. But that sort of betrays the point that, that Apple's hardware has completely creamed it. Yes. That, oh, yeah. You know, the iPhone right. 6S still beats the, the Galaxy Note 7 in a speed test, hands down. And the 7 just completely murders it. If you do a, a Google search for, you know, iPhone 7, Galaxy Note 7 speed test or compare, just do it. it's, a, it's a bloodbath. Oh, yeah. We're talking twice as fast in, like, in there, real usage. There was one interesting usage. video. I always questioned the the scientific validity of these videos because they never repeat them. They just do the test one time and then you see it and they videotape it and it shows pretty plain what's going on though. Mm -hmm. it's, it doesn't have to be that scientific to show. What they do a lot of times is they'll open up a set of apps in a row on both devices and show which one opens them up faster and then go through the whole bunch of apps again to show how, how well it holds those which things. Which really only gives you a benchmark for caching and memory management. Memory management um, and also uh, the speed of the actual storage. Right. Which which Apple just destroys because they're using um, you know they're using PCI Express type storage where everyone yep. else is still on a on a much lower standard. Uh, but even saying that, like what we're seeing in those tests where they open up the first line of apps, they open up and then they open up all the apps again. iPhone usually even the uh, 6s is doing both of those loops. Before the Samsung devices can get, yeah, the these first speed tests, the iPhone Seven it. lapped it, right? Yeah. So, what I find most entertaining about the whole thing, though, is that it's you just hear crickets from the tech press about how Apple's hardware is not just marginally faster it's than so faster. everything else; it's 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 unbelievably faster. Yeah. It's uh, it's like it's like comparing. It's like making a CPU comparison from the the two thousands, you know, uh, 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 some Pentium this compared to uh, something that's two years old, right? Like yeah. that's the kind of difference we're talking about. It, and what's funny though is that, you know, you and I make jokes about this yeah, that that, that Android tech reviewers must have huge forearms from digging up those goalposts and continuously moving them. They do because that's the what time. they're doing. Because now, if you read the average review of any Android phone. Performance is not something anyone talks about. Well, here's the thing. They, really? they, they try to push off performance as not be, and they, they do these arguments of, well, Apple makes the operating system and the hardware so they can make it run faster. How yeah, is they've that? been criticized for, uh, for that for years and years yeah. as being closed in a walled garden. And now that it literally beats your pants off, that's somehow a problem. And, they, and I, I, I'm setting up a little bit of a straw man argument here, but I see this argument every, so much is I care more about battery life than performance. So I don't want a faster CPU. I want a bigger battery. That's what Apple's lacking. And I'm, I want to really address that one argument really quickly. Apple is not just making their CPUs faster. They're making it more efficient. A faster, more powerful CPU is more efficient. So if you want better battery life, a bigger battery is less of a, of a help than having a faster, more efficient CPU. That's why Apple's batteries are all half the size now is what you get in any Android device. And the battery life is way better. The, the power of your CPU actually really affects your battery life. And to say that performance doesn't matter, but battery life does, they, these are not mutually exclusive ideas. Well, it's like, it's like, it's like us comparing two combustion engine-driven cars. Yeah. And yours is better because it got a bigger gas tank. 
Well, that doesn't <laughs> say anything about how much gas is actually burned exactly. per kilometer per mile, right? And, that, and that's the argument that they're making. It's like, great, you got a bigger gas tank. Meanwhile, you don't tell us a goddamn thing about how much is being consumed yeah. in order to go a certain distance, right? It's completely disingenuous. I, I, I think that at this point, um, whether it's an Antec or n- not an Antec, actually, but The Verge, Ars Technica, the places I'm looking at reviews of Android phones, like they're just not believable. No. They're totally disingenuous. To say that they're moving the goalposts is, uh, it doesn't even begin to describe it. And, and, I don't, and, in, and for what? Like what is it? Is it is it that 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 predication within the media to, to to offer a quote unquote balance, no matter how unbalanced it really is? Like why? I think most most sites though are more more the Verge being one of them are more than willing to admit that Apple's at a different playing field now. If they don't, they're trying to tone down saying that, but. You know, even, you know, we'll talk about the iPhone in a bit and the changes, but there's no change in the iPhone that they can make. You know, you can get rid of the headphone jack. And we'll talk about that in a little bit for sure. But how do you not recommend the fastest, best battery life, best performing phone on the market? and The most pro apps, the best camera. And the I problem mean- is like in every review, and I, I, I love pointing this out to sites like Mobile Syrup. And I pointed out to them every single time they do this in a review. And they did another little thing there um, today, uh, the, the, Ga- the Galaxy S7 Edge uh, six months later. And my, I made a comment on the bottom of their, their, this post. It's like, you didn't mention that it, it doesn't run the latest version of Android. And it probably won't get the latest version of Android till the spring. And if you're lucky. If you're lucky. So, you know, there's things that they just leave out, but they also leave out – the idea is that these reviewers get them for a week and then they don't really talk about the long term how it is to own these devices over a long time. And you don't get updates. Android phones notoriously get slower as you use them. Like I don't know how many times I see Android users say, oh, yeah, but you got to wipe the phone if you're going to do an update or you, like, you want to wipe the phone completely before you do well, an update. What is this, Windows 98? Your, like it's yeah like what my phone has been the same phone since my four it's i just load i i make a backup and i load that backup and it's the same phone it's the same thing to mm-hmm. me nothing's really changed so you have continuity from the iphone 4 all, all the way through to the 6s all the way to my 6 right. yeah and i plan on when i get my next phone i'll it'll like it'll just be the same phone but faster you That's can't what I and, want. And, and you can't tell me with a straight face that you that anyone has done that with Android and not run into massive problems. Android doesn't have a backup system, straight up. There is sure. no backup system. And there are, you know, app, like apps you can download that involve root, that you have to root your phone, and then they can do a decent backup. But then there's always problems. It's never like a straight backup and getting the same device with the same apps in the same place and all your settings and all everything for every app uh, in the same way. It, that's kind of minor. I don't understand why people can't see these basic functionality of the phone as being part of your long-term enjoyment. Well, I think it. exploding batteries will go a long way to helping the average person understand that on the one hand, there's this product at this price point that is completely superior in almost every measurable way. Yeah. And over there is something that is a lesser product for the same price and is almost in every way inferior. Yeah. Um, whether if you come to understand that because you understand technology, great. But I would say that you know dozens of exploding batteries, actually burning and injuring people, destroying property, uh, FAA rules to not turn it on during flight, like that that'll wake people up. Yeah, and I, I was. And I was te- you, you started off by asking like, what's this done to Samsung's brand? Yeah. I I say it's it's 
screwed it. So if you've it's been really screwed. Oh yeah, if you. Uh, so let's get back to that specifically. I was actually tweeting back and forth with someone, someone from Halifax here who was at the airport, and they just they just put on Twitter like, oh yeah, right now I'm about to get on this American Airlines flight, and they're announcing that no one can turn on a, a Samsung Galaxy phone. Can you imagine you went to an airport in the last month, and there are announcements over the air telling people that there are certain phones that they will not let you run. Samsung, like what they've done with the new update for the, if you got the newest one, your battery indicator looks green. It doesn't look white. So you can show, you know, I guess the flight attendant, oh yeah, this phone's okay. It has a green light. That's not going to work. That's like, they're going to make you shut down your phone. Here's right. the users with all, all the people with iPhones just going away, using their phone, and you got to sit there and not use your phone. You know, there's people that, are, you know, if you pull out, if you're at a bar and you pull out your Samsung Galaxy Edge 7, they don't look any different. The 6, I mean. If you pull out a, a 6 series and not a 7 series, who, who knows from a distance which one's which? People are going to move away from you because they're scared your phone's going to blow up. That type of thing doesn't stop. When we look at, you know, and there's another article I want to post on how Samsung botched this. Um, oh, yeah. Botched this recall. Well, they, 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 right now, it's about 60% of the phones have been returned in. So you still have 40% of these devices still out there. That's pretty terrifying. That's a lot of phones that people haven't given up yet. I'm guessing some of them are, I guess a lot of them are just waiting until they say that they'll just give you an iPhone 7 for returning it so that they'll get, so that people will return it. I don't know what's keeping people, but, you know, they, they're having trouble just getting their money back. I think a lot of people. Yeah, I, I think um, if you look at the actual sales numbers of iPhones versus uh, mm-hmm. the Samsung high-end phones, like the, the Galaxies, Samsung and the rest of the Android market already seeded the vast majority of the high-end market to Apple. That's oh, yeah. already happened. Um, and you can't dispute that. You know, they sold 75 million uh, 6s and almost as many 6s. By all indications, this Christmas quarter, Apple might sell 100 million iPhone 7s. Yeah. So it's there's no comparison to make. And I would say what um, what is left of the, the high-end market for Samsung, they just murdered. They absolutely murdered it for themselves. I think it's over. And this time next year, I'm sure the Galaxy line will still exist, but it's done. The $1,000 Android phone is not probably not going to exist next year. That's what we're looking at, you know, in any type of big sale quantity. HTC saw this earlier in the year with the HTC 10. They, they had a $1,000 HTC phone. Now it's selling for, I think, $200 less, and they're still struggling to sell that in any numbers. Uh, Samsung's already taken down, I think, the uh, Galaxy Edge uh, Galaxy S7 Edge and the S7 have already gone down about $100, $150. Apparently, you can get it for like 800 bucks now when it was selling for well over 1000 in Canada. You don't see that from the iPhone. You don't see the iPhone a couple months in, in selling it go down in price. Never. They're just not selling these phones. And that's been the, the story of the S6 and now it's the story of the S7 that they don't even sell them. Like By the time they're six months old, you can get a deal on them. Right. And that people know that, but when you like, I, I wanted to bring. The reason I brought the performance stuff earlier was really to talk about how you can buy this one thousand dollars Samsung Note Seven, and you get better performance from a four five hundred dollar Android phone because it doesn't have all Samsung's bloat. Mm-hmm. It's all Samsung's proprietary stuff. I don't know where where we're going with Android, but uh, it doesn't look good for the high end market. And I don't know how. There's no competition for the iPhone now. No. That, that was really the last bastion, and this this exploding battery thing might be might be the end of it. Oh, I, I really think it's the end of it. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a, it already was iPhone versus everything else, but but for the people who are willing to plunk down real money for a high end Samsung phone, 
they're all going to move to the iPhone. And the thing is, like, I'm not saying that the the S7 uh, and the S7 Edge and the Note 7 aren't pretty devices. They're they're cool designs. That that curved idea to the screen, like these are cool ideas for design. I think the fingerprint magnets. I think we're done past the glass backed phones. Mm-hmm. I, I would never buy another glass backed phone after owning a four and four S. I guess all I'm saying is they're pretty devices. They're, they do have some design chops left at Samsung, but so much of it's copied of Apple, and it's really not enough of a differentiator to keep people away from the iPhone, especially we're hearing that the next iPhone is going to be a real change, a real shift to a design, but we didn't see much of a shift. So, well, yeah, but we'll get into the iPhone later, though, and that'll and that'll be fun. Let's stick with performance. You've got an article here, yeah. you know, custom cores are for suckers. Yeah, and that's kind of how I, uh, and that's how, how we'll put it on the on the blog there, but uh, it's really interesting, the media tech. And I've made a couple tweets recently about, like, where does Qualcomm go when we have stuff like this coming from media tech? So if you don't know these companies, Qualcomm is the big manufacturer of, of the best of the best of the system on of chips that you can get for um, Android phones. So all the best Android phones run uh, high-end Qualcomm chipsets. Uh, Qualcomm makes uh, CPU, uh, makes system on a chip, uh, LTE modems and stuff like that for all the high-end phones. And they usually command really good prices and, uh, and, and usually are pretty competitive with uh, what's out there. Uh, the problem is they're really only beating everything in Android right now because the Apple A9 uh, still beats the, that's Apple's last year's system on a chip, beats their best and brightest right now. Uh, and the A10 just completely blows it out of the water. Apple's latest just totally destroys Qualcomm. The problem with Qualcomm is they took a little while after um, the iPhone 5S came out and, and 64-bit uh, ARM uh, V8 uh, CPUs and uh system on a chips they really struggled to build something that was uh, their custom cores they, what, what Qualcomm does is they take arm reference designs arm is the architecture for all of these smartphones everything's running arm right now that's the same thing as Intel it was all x86 uh, that's what AMD and Intel used now everything on the mobile platform is uh, arm chipsets so what they used to do is take arms reference designs build their own custom cores and try to make something that was more powerful than the reference designs and then they would take that put that into the best manufacturing process and come up with a really good fast powerful CPU um, but that really hasn't happened much for them lately they struggled when Apple came out with the a7 uh, they, it took them a couple years to get back to doing custom cores, and now their newest chipset, the, A20, the A20, is using a custom core. What we're finding about this custom core is it's really not that great um, when we compare it to reference designs. And Aries Technica, um, there's some real system on a chip experts, and what they've noticed is that the CPU that uh, Qualcomm's currently using runs a lot like the reference design, uh, an older reference design, the A57. The newest one is the A72. I know I'm getting into a lot of numbers here, mm-hmm. but all it comes down is more numbers. It doesn't perform as well as the latest reference designs from ARM. If you look at them from clocks, like if you had comparable clock speed and a clear, uh, and a and a, a same die size. Uh, so Qualcomm's making a lot of their stuff on a 10 nanometer process or a 14 nanometer process, which is really small. The smaller you make your process, the faster you can run the CPU and the more efficient it runs and you can just get, uh, you can get a lot more power with a lot less energy. So a quick rundown on how that's working out for them. Yes, they're taking their custom cores, they're taking reference designs from ARM, customizing the cores, shrinking it down to the best Die, uh, the best uh, manufacturing process that's possibly available and still only making stuff 
that can still be beaten by the best of arms reference designs. So we're talking about MediaTek and we're talking about Qualcomm. Qualcomm is trying to make their custom cores. MediaTek doesn't bother trying to make custom cores. All MediaTek does is take the ARM references, build out 8, 10, 12 core processors that use all reference designs. What's happening is once they start shrinking down their stuff, because the, the reference designs that they're using are so much better than what Qualcomm's making their custom, MediaTek is going to start pulling ahead, and, and they're only using references, reference designs. Now there's a new reference design from ARM that was just announced uh, last month. From what I can tell, there's really no good reason for any company to be building custom cores, and the companies that are building custom cores don't seem to be able to build anything that's better than the, that much better than the reference designs. So companies that are just using the reference designs and building cheaper system on a chip because they don't have any research development really into the CPU side of things themselves, are going to start pulling ahead of Qualcomm. I don't know where Qualcomm fits in that idea when there's so many reference designs and stuff that people can build off the shelf system on a chip that actually outperforms. And what we're looking at now is uh, MediaTek's already announced their newest processors, their newest system on a chip that are going to use ARM's latest processors. What is the real reason for Qualcomm to exist when companies that just use reference designs from ARM can beat them. And that's really what I'm seeing from uh, MediaTek, and I don't really understand why Qualcomm would even bother with their custom cores. And the current custom cores that they have are so behind that they're probably, their best CPUs next year, their best system on a chip, are probably gonna be reference designs again. They're gonna to have to throw out custom cores. And I'm, my prediction is the best system on a chip you're going to see from Qualcomm next year will not be using custom cores at all, or there'll be lightly modified versions mm -hmm. of their, of ARM's latest because they, it's really good enough. Like it's really better. It, Qualcomm can't really make anything that much better with custom cores at this point, and that's what really what we're seeing in performance benchmarks and everything. I think it also goes to show that uh, largely people underestimate how difficult it is to engineer new chipsets over and over again. The fact that Apple continues to put out a new majorly different chipset every single year, they were years ahead of everyone else on 64-bit. Yeah. If you look at those pretty little charts that they put up showing the performance increases over time, yeah. they're really doing something special. They've beat Qualcomm at their own game. They've beat Intel at their own game. Yeah. Um, and the next move, we've talked about this before. And it's to number, numberize this, this increase, we're looking at from A9 last year to A10 this year with Apple, it's about a 33 to 40% increase. 40% in increase in CPU power. That's in, like, if you don't understand, like, Qualcomm can't keep up with that. Like, they were already they behind keep up the with A9. It two years ago. And now Apple released this, like, there's no leapfrogging anymore between these companies. That's right. not happening anymore. It used to be that. Qualcomm released something, Apple released something. Qualcomm released, and they would just leapfrog each other. Yeah, not anymore. The leapfrogging it hasn't been that way in almost three years. Yeah. Yeah. And the writing's on the wall that this isn't going to get any better for them, like you're saying. The next step, the next nail in their coffin, I would wager that the A11, so the chip that's going to power next year's iPhones and iPads, my guess is that you're going to see that system on a chip include an LTE baseband chip. Yeah. The thing that really makes Qualcomm its bread and butter, and that's going to really hurt them. Yeah. Um, you know, Apple's already moved away for some phones, uh, depending on what country it's shipped in. Uh, 
away from Qualcomm to Intel LTE modems, but that's just an interim gap. We know that Apple's working on an LTE chipset. And by the way, the chip that runs your LTE communications from your cell phone, arguably that's actually more complex than the average CPU. Yeah, it's incredibly hard to do. And we can't knock Qual- like I can't say that, you know, when I talk about Qualcomm and knocking them down here, they have some of the best CPU designers in the world. They, well, this totally. is a company with a lot of smart What I'm users. trying to say is it's one thing for Apple to best Qualcomm when it comes to CPU performance and energy consumption and all of that. It's another entirely for them to best them when it comes to integrating an LTE chipset into your system on a chip. That's where they're going to go. And that, you know, I, I thought there was a chance that the Apple Watch, the second one, would have uh, onboard cellular. Uh, it's probably still a year away, but it's it's coming. Yeah. And I, and I think the, there's, the writing is on the wall in just broad thick strokes of neon well that that's what it comes down to is qualcomm's real selling point now is for other manufacturers for the manufacturers that use their chipsets is we have pretty much the best cpu uh system on chips you can get in android for an android phone and we have really good lte modems so that's why people are going for them and that's why you know companies still go for qualcomm first when sure. they want the best thing but after how long? How much longer is that going to hold up for them? That's real. Well, what's going to happen to Qualcomm when you take two hundred plus million iPhones every year off their books for LTE modems? Yeah, that's going to hurt them. It's oh, going to hurt them bad financially. Oh yeah, because you got to realize that that's Apple's already moved a lot of uh, the internals of the iPhone Seven over to Intel, and they're, they're, there's other companies making stuff that Qualcomm mm-hmm. used to make. Qualcomm's still making these baseband chips, still making the cell cell phone chipsets, yeah. and. Um, what actually connects it to data, what actually connects it to the cell tower. But if that was taken away, Qualcomm's going to lose a lot of money. And if they don't, aren't the best in that, you know, Samsung's doing well with that. MediaTek's trying to push their way into LTE. Um, and that's another thing I want to bring up. Uh, one cool little quirk that you might like about this, uh, that with that MediaTek uh, system on a chip that we're talking about. Yeah, it's 10 core and it's using... <laughs> It's ten ridiculous. Cores. It's ten cores, but oh it's using the, the latest ARM uh, reference designs. It's it's all that, but the other part of it is the GPU, and the GPU is is not reference. Guess who they're getting their GPU from? I don't know who. You don't know? Yeah, this is gonna be a surprise. Imagination. Really? So there's two companies using Imagination GPUs at this point. Yeah. Apple. Apple and MediaTek. So MediaTek's already figured out, too, that, yeah, we can do really good ARM reference design and make the performance really good, but now we'll use the, the best GPUs, like some of the best GPUs on the market. I'm not saying Qualcomm doesn't do great in GPUs. I'm not saying mm-hmm. Samsung uses but a imagination's great at the top of the pile. But Imagination is at the top of the pile. And so Qualcomm's really getting struck out of a lot of the ability to compete and if people are not going to be willing to buy $300 Android phones you're going to be looking at Can media we tech back up for a second. what 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 processor has 10 cores so the idea is it has and four really we're not talking about an Intel Xeon in a server here we're talking about yeah. a mobile chip that's got 10 cores mobile chips that have 10 cores oh, for big God's little sakes. big little in a tri cluster configuration they call it um, it and well here's the thing and I always love pointing out this to people Having 10 cores has nothing to do with performance. Almost nothing to do with performance. It's all about efficiency. It's all about clocking down and using the slower cores when you don't need the faster mm-hmm. cores. Which is what Apple's done in their A10, but it's not big little. No, it's, it's not its big, own it's implementation different. entirely. Yeah. 
But Big Little is all about performance. So if you, you know, having more cores doesn't really help you because everything in system on a chip performance currently in mobile is about how fast can you do one thread. Of course. Yeah. And anyone that argues that Android, you know, takes advantage of multi-threading more, it's That's all complete horseshit. bullshit. Yeah, it's horseshit. So let me let me let me give you an analogy because I, I love putting analogies in terms of, of cars. Yeah, go for it. I think it's a great way to describe it. So, ten core mobile chip running Android, it's like having a thousand horsepower motor and a front wheel drive car and a three speed transmission yeah. and a twenty liter gas tank. That's yeah. what you got. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and it, it, just think about that. Uh, I'm just saying it's, it's not a powerful chipset. That the, the idea of these, yeah, but it's uh, powerful chip- in a lab. It's powerful on paper. Yeah. And otherwise, it's totally irrelevant when it comes to actual real world real world usage. I, I always like to point out to people the most important thing with performance is, is finish first, and whatever's the fastest at finishing whatever computation you have to do first, that's the best one. So you can't really judge performance on its slowest processor because that's not where the performance. Well, that's sort of the nature of our universe, where the fourth dimension is time. Yeah, yeah. time is important, right? <laughs> in, in performance and time's really important. We're yeah, all, using le- using less we're battery all die is soon. not really helping. We're, we're we're all we're all heading to the grave, right? Time. Well, I've even pointed time out matters. Like, it doesn't matter to me if my phone is le- performs less. So you open up your phone, what, 10, 20, 30, 40 times a day. Let's think of how many times you open up your phone and use it. Imagine every single little thing that you do on your phone is just a little bit slower. How much of your year does that take up if you really added it all up? Yeah, but I think people understand that perfectly well. And the folks who will tell you that it doesn't matter, they're basically lying to themselves. Poly- it, it's Android apologists. Like, you know, they're saying that... It's not even that. I think it's really defending their choices as yeah. a consumer. It's defending one's choices. Um, but ultimately, if, 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 if speed doesn't matter to you, then I think you're basically lying to yourself. You're not much of a tech enthusiast if you really think... That performance doesn't matter. I'm sorry. Like yeah, I, I grew up with the idea of every single frame that you gained, you know, benchmarking video games meant something to you. I, I'm still in that mode. I just want well, it faster and better. But I don't think you have to be a tech enthusiast to value something that happens faster. Yeah. That's that's the world we live in. You don't have um, to understand a car engine to know right. it's better to have to, to tell me that you're comfortable faster, with with having technology in your life that performs slower than something at an equal price tells me that you know uh, you don't have anywhere to be, productivity doesn't concern you, uh, and you don't value your own time. So I guess that this podcast probably isn't for you. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> but honestly, like that, that's not the world we live in. Uh, things keep moving ahead. We measure things in time. And the fact of the matter is the fastest mobile devices on the planet are made by Apple. And it's been that way for three years. And the situation is not getting any better for the competition. No, there's no conceivable way we can see right now. And last year we could see it. We could see maybe Qualcomm could build something with their custom cores that could leapfrog Apple. We could see that last year. This year, there's really not a conceivable way that we see anything no, definitely the A10 not. over the next 12 months. No, 12 I mean, the, 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 the A9 in the iPhone 6S is still faster than every Android chip that's on the market. Yes. And Apple just put out a, one that's 40% faster than that. Like, what more do you need to know? We, we have no scenario where anyone beats the A10 this year. Not even remotely possible. No. They might meet in like like some side things like multi-core performance, which doesn't matter. Or they might have a better GPU because Qualcomm still does GPUs really well. But at the end of the day, all the games are on iPhone anyway. 
well, you're not that, gonna be able to play. Um, you're not gonna play Mario on an Android device this year, no matter what you do. But that's a, that's slightly disin, disingenuous, though, okay. because Apple's graphics performance is kick ass. Oh yeah, it is. It's amazing. It is. You fire up a game on, on an iPhone 6s or a 7. There's there's no equivalent in the Android world. And you know when you look at how Vulcan uh, compares to Metal, and these are two graphic APIs. That, these, that Android has Vulcan. It's more of an open platform. Uh, iOS has Metal. Um, same thing on yeah on the Mac. Metal is just on every single iPhone down to the 5S. Like every single phone that was updated right now has bit. All of them yeah. has, has that. Uh, when, but there's a lot of phones that were made in 2014, 2015 in Android that do not have Vulcan. So even if a gaming company wanted to release uh, a Vulcan API for their game and, and for it to perform better, most phones out there are not going to experience any performance gains by them doing this. So it's it's just apples and oranges. <laughs> so we've, we've talked a lot about performance. I think um, we should move on to Project Vapor. Yeah, well, that's what I was calling it the entire time. I Sometimes, Chris, it's hard being this right. You know, it's, it's just it is. Fun. It's a real burden. Yeah, it's a real hard thing. To, yeah, they it, say it's lonely at the top. Uh, yeah. it's, it's also really tough being right I all the time. I haven't said anything outside of there's no way Project Ara, and this is what we're talking about. So Tell this us is, what Project Ara is for those so who don't know. this is the whole idea that Google was going to make a modular smartphone. So you buy your phone and then, oh, you wanted to upgrade the screen. You could switch the screen and put a new one in there. You wanted to have more battery. You could put more battery modules in it. You upgrade to the camera, putting camera. a new camera module. All this stuff would be very modular and you would be able to change your phone out and do st- different stuff with but it. But physically like Lego, building out the parts of your phone. And... Honestly, that's cool. And we've talked about this before on the podcast and how cool of an idea it is. The problem is they're now saying that there's no market for it. The idea, but we came to this conclusion long ago where there's no way to build this without it being stupid expensive and, and, and work. Like, well, we don't no have way the material science to have a, a phone that rides in my pocket, my briefcase, uh, my car console where it's picking up lint and garbage and dirt, uh, where it's got smudged fingerprints and hair and that's just a, And that's just the practical side right. of things. The other side of things are... Can you imagine how, a how do you have running through your phone? Like it just, it's just not not workable. Well, I, I, I've repaired iPhones, and right. every single seam in a phone is filled collects with, with dirt. dirt. Like yeah. you really have to, like when you pull apart an iPhone, you have to really clean out that home button or it's not going to fit back in properly in the new screen. Right. You know, like that's how dirty all this stuff gets. That's... That's practical aspect. The other part is when you think of uh, when the overhead of having a thing, a component clip in, how do you have the battery life be efficient when you're clipping in and exchanging components and all this different, it could, you could clip in anything into this port. Well, that port is going to use a lot of energy just to make sure that it can be expandable to anything you want to plug into it. So my whole line on Ara the whole time was this was either never going to be released or it was going to be so watered down from the initial idea that it would never be what they said it was going to be. So what started happening last year was they were going to do a release in Puerto Rico, just a pilot release of Project Ara in Puerto Rico. and um, But this version wasn't like the one where they showed they could change out the screens and all that. This was the one screen, one Who CPU. Who comes up with the concept of releasing a pilot project in Puerto Rico. I have no idea where that came hey, from. I would love to be in on that board meeting. Yeah, I would love to be a follow-up. Tell me, tell me how you selected Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Yeah, that was the whole concept. They were going to, and then this maybe because a bunch of beta testers out. wanted a free vacation. I have no idea. 
anyway. So either way, they, they that didn't happen. And then they watered down the whole concept and said, well, now you can't replace the screen and now you can't really replace the CPU or anything. You can only replace like a couple modules in the back, making it no better than adding a case that added a camera lens to me. Like, or I, a case that adds a bigger battery. Exactly. Like what is the difference in just – what? like we already have modular smartphones. They're called cases. So um, – that happened, and then they watered it down, and it's just like okay, they're going to water it down, but like that's not Project Ara. That's just not what they said it was going to be. Now the project, um, it came out in AP last uh, just a few weeks ago. It's completely canceled. This project is done. It's Shocking. never going to happen. We're and shocked. It's exactly what I've been saying the whole time. This was never going to. So it's work. Google vaporware that didn't actually ship. I mean, it's one. So it didn't even make it to the Google graveyard because it wasn't born. Yeah. But all the hype. Yeah. All the PR. All, all, the, the, all these the, tech the, people the saying, well, stunts in the marketing, man, oh man. Yeah, well, well, Apple's just dicking around with with the home button. You know, Google's really thinking of the future of what smartphones are. No, they were thinking of something that they thought was marketable and would sell to the nerds, and it never was going to be a product. I've been saying the answer. That's why I've like I've called it Project well, we Vapor for a year and a half, and, and yeah, and it now is Project dead. Vapor because it we is. don't live in a in a Star Trek or Star Wars like world where everything is modular, where technology has advanced to the point where everything is interoperable. Uh, you would need several revolutions in in material science in order to build a modular phone that can that can function you know in the dirty environments that we humans we operate have nothing in. we have nothing like that where you wouldn't drop it and it wouldn't fall to pieces of course or, or, or you drop it and it just never fits back together again so i'm you know i'm, I'm done with this like I, i'm that's the bookend on this i we've been talking about this in the podcast we we know how impossible this is and I guess what what the media is missing, and we, we wanted to bring it back to what what the media is missing. They're not listening to us because I'm saying this whole time this was. <laughs> I don't know why we spent so much time talking about it. It was a waste of everyone's time. Yeah, and, I, and I would and argue that any that any tech journalist who ever talked about a, a modular phone being a real thing has no idea doesn't understand enough about technology to write about it. Yeah, and now what we see is, yeah, we see these modular typhoons, HTC and Motorola. And what we're seeing, they, these aren't even modular. These are cases that clip onto it. So, yeah, we talked a bit about uh, things that will never be released. Let's talk about something that um, was released. There, just released. Brand Smashing new. hit. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a big hit. It's the iPhone 7. iPhone 7. Have you heard of it? Um, <laughs> I heard of it. Yeah. I, I've heard... Uh, what do you think, Chris? I have some initial. Well, I, I, I think I think but. Mike that uh, you know Apple's lost its mojo and that it can't <laughs> innovate anymore. Um, Apple Apple um, it's just it's just putting out new phones for the sake of new phones. There's there's no compelling new features. <laughs> I, I think it's a real a real failure. Um, and you know I just can't understand why tens of millions of people are lining up to buy it because you know Apple, they must be idiots. I, I saw an Android Authority article about how. How these people are just all idiots and they say oh, totally. the straw man of a stupid and uh, the iPhone yeah, user. sheeple, all that yeah. good stuff. All sheeple. Well, hate to break it to you, Apple just released the most powerful smartphone ever yeah. with a compelling design and awesome finishes and a brilliant screen and an awesome camera and 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 and. Yeah. So um, let's talk about the it features. It might be Chris. it might be iterative, but it sure is innovative. So the big features are the new screen. Yeah. So wide color gamut. So if you are into photography, it's a big deal. Yeah. We we're talking about billions of colors, probably the most accurate color, uh, color accurate screen that's ever been produced. 
The gold um, standard for judging this calls it the best screen ever on a mobile device. Right. But when you say best screen on a mobile device, it sort of betrays the fact that it's one of the best displays ever made. Yes. In terms of how many colors it can display and its color accuracy. Yeah, There's but, nothing yeah. like it on the market. You'd be hard-pressed, no matter how much money you had to spend, to buy a monitor that looked this good. Yeah. You No, you wouldn't find anything. And the thing is, people say all day, oh, it doesn't have the highest resolution. Um, no one cares about resolution that they can't see. Exactly. This is what they can see is color gamut and better color production, and there's a big noticeable difference when you put a picture taken from the same picture taken from the seven, and if you look at it on the seven screen and look at it on a six S screen, it's noticeably a better color just because absolutely the screen just produces something that no another screen can. And so, okay, so what's the big driver of a, a super duper high quality screen like that? Well, it's photography. Yes. Um, the iPhone 6s, 6, 5s, and 5, respectively, are the top devices on on um, uh, Instagram yeah. f- for photo capture. Yeah, 100%. Right. On Flickr, it's about the same. So the iPhone, com- despite the fact that there are billions of Android devices, completely dominates as the, the, the top The people that devices. care about taking a good point-and-shoot picture all the time, yeah. are, they own iPhone. And so what are the basic specs? Okay, so we've got super-duper improved lenses, uh, a bigger CCD, 12 megapixels. Even so, to the, the smaller, regular iPhone 7 yeah. has a full image stabilizer. Yeah, well, optical image stabilization, yeah. which means that the lens, the physical piece of glass, is floating on a bunch of gyros and actuators, and so it counters your motion. That's huge if yeah. you're taking video. It's huge in just the basic sharpness and quality of, of, of taking a, a regular snapshot. Yeah, and uh, that was really on the only on the Plus last year, but now, yeah, they now keep, it's on the they're regular. continuing the idea of the Plus having something better and even more in, in when it comes to the phone. So Which it now does. the image stabilizer is on the smaller uh, regular 7. I guess that's the best way we can call it, the regular 7. The Plus now has two cameras. Yeah, so on the iPhone and What's the big deal with two Plus, cameras? Like, what does that really give you, Chris? The biggest, most important thing... Um, Apple did something interesting. I, I sort of assumed that they would just put out two 35 millimeter lenses because um, the big deal with having two lenses is stereo vision. And just like our human eyes and human brain can judge distance because we have two cameras staring out at the world uh, that are offset, that's what leads to depth perception. If our eyes were closer and closer together, we would have worse and worse depth perception. And we've seen this in smartphones before. And I want to bring up one really interesting fun device that I had once was the uh, HTC Evo 3D. And it could actually, it was two cameras in it so that you could do 3D pictures. And you could look sure. at the screen and see like a full on without any... Stereo photography. Yeah. So Which has actually like been around for over 100 years. Very cool yeah. concept. But that's not where they went with it though. So they're, yeah, they I know. kind of have a cool idea with that. With the, the so what, bulk, what, what they've done is they've shipped a, a 35 millimeter lens, and then beside it is a 57 millimeter wide uh, wide angle lens. A tele, cool. sorry, not a wide angle. My bad. A telephoto lens. And they're also not the first company to do this. We've seen some earlier phones earlier this year. Sure, but they're the first company to get it right. One hundred percent. So what that does, that second camera, for starters, it gives you two x optical zoom. So not a digital zoom, but a 2x optical zoom. Which is a big deal. Um, if you could take the average picture you've ever shot on your phone and be twice as close to the subject, whether that's a portrait, whether that's landscape, whether that's an object, whether that's a scene, it's probably a better photo. Yeah. Right? And so now you can, you can enable 2x zoom at no loss of quality whatsoever. 
So that's sort of step one. Step two is that you can go to portrait mode on your iPhone and that what it does is it uses the 57 millimeter to take a photo at the same time the 35 and the image signal processor which Apple announced by the way does a hundred billion operations for every time you take a photo that's that's unreal that by the way like that like you want to talk about image quality on a phone there's nothing that comes close to what the iPhone 7 is shooting in terms of basic image quality and most of that's happening quality of the lenses quality of the software and the image and all signal the working processor. together seamlessly totally and it really comes out to you know when you talk about that that image in that portrait mode it does this uh, effect called the Bauckham effect where mm-hmm. you it blurs slightly blur, blurs the background and the well, it and, gives and you your subject for the first time on a phone image. you're going to have real depth of field yes. something that you could only really achieve with a with a digital SLR and that's something that's still in beta is not really out on all versions yeah but it'll, it's it'll, coming and it, it'll it ship with amazing. the next update to iOS which is probably about a month away yeah and what we're seeing from that is people using the beta and trying this out now right. they're saying like it's real significant and while sometimes it doesn't produce the best picture, when it works, it's an amazing effect. What it does is it allows your phone time, to take a real time. portrait where the subject in the foreground is, is in tack sharp focus and the, bl- the background is perfectly separated and in blur. Um, it's how portraits are done. It's how you take a portrait. It's why people have SLRs. Yeah, and it's really the, the, the cool concept of how Apple's implemented all of this in the app, in the camera right. app. It's very seamless. It's you know just a little scroll wheel where you can you you not only can just switch between the cameras, but it also allows you to go between all the different variances between the one right. and the two time zoom. It's just really cool. So that second lens gives the the image signal processor the ability to have a depth map. Mm-hmm. to actually judge within the image the distance between you, the subject, the background, and objects in between. Um, that That's not just about taking an awesome portrait, a real portrait photograph on a phone. It's in general about providing the image signal processor with a tremendous amount of, uh, of distance data, which it can then use to improve things like lighting and white balance and shadows, all that stuff. So... Having that second lens is a big friggin' deal, even if you're not taking a bona fide portrait. It's also a lead-in to augmented reality. Because now you've got a phone in your pocket that can actually judge distance. You may as well, it's not like, it's it's not a laser rangefinder, but rudimentary within, say, 50 meters or so, that thing should be able to give you a pretty accurate uh, judgment on distance. That's going to have a big impact on anybody who's developing virtual reality and augmented reality apps. And that is becoming a thing more yeah. and more. And, and so you can see there's a, there, Apple's production. moving on a path towards AR uh, and VR. I don't know what that looks like, yeah. uh, but you can see that this is this is on that path. So yeah, we're talking. But in the meantime, it's still giving you effects that you just cannot get on any right. other smartphone. And so I think that the fair thing to say, the accurate thing to say is that the iPhone 7 will take photos in the most basic way through to bona fide portraits that just blow everything else out of the water. And it's not about megapixels. It's it's not stuff that you can just measure with a specification. It's the whole package. They're taking photography to another level on your phone. And what I would say is that we're looking at a path towards the the non-existence of the digital SLR. 
Oh, it's it, years away. I don't think we're going to see the SLRs and Micro Four Thirds go away anytime soon. But I would say, compl- like, it's, I would there's say no reason to ever own a point and shoot. Ever Ten again. years from now, I'd say they're done. Yeah. Because this, what we're seeing is that the the cost, the availability, and the capabilities of the smartphone camera, the size of these lenses, the fact that we're doing stereoscopic vision and depth mapping and all this stuff, give that another five years, and I think you're going to see the bottom of the market for SLRs just fall out. Well, it comes down to just a normal person that has no idea how a camera works. Being, being able, able to take, take pro-level photographs. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what it's really all about. Is, is it's taking is, the thought out of it. It's taking the thought out of it and allowing people to do with their phones what you could only do just a month ago with a DSLR. Um, so I think the path is pretty clear that we're on a, we're on a route to the, the camera as we know it being a thing of the past. Yeah. It's probably a decade away, but now you can see that we're on that path. And that eventually the the average phone or the mobile device is going to be more than sufficient to compete with you know what a DSLR is capable of, and it's going to do it with other kinds of technology. Think two lenses now, uh, think four lenses later, yeah. <laughs> right? Like it's I, not going to stop. No, and we're going to see more. Like even with the the flash, now they have four LEDs going with the flash. They exactly. They have the two tone. Now they have the four tones. It yep. really balances out. It really comes down to allowing a person that doesn't know anything about how a camera works to take amazing pictures. Right. So we talked about performance. We talked about camera. We talked about the screen a little bit. Maybe we can talk a little bit about waterproofing. And that's become a – as a person that used to repair phones a lot, yep. that's the number one and number one things. You know, like I, my line is usually if you want your smartphone to die, you bring it into a bathroom. <laughs> yeah, because it's either going to fall on ceramic or tile or it's going to fall in the toilet or the sink or the tub. Yeah, yeah. super common. Yeah. So imagine never having to worry about dropping your phone in water again, and that's where we are with these phones. Well, now, imagine having to, want to go you, know, uh, you know, someone, no one's going to come to you anymore claiming they didn't drop their phone in the toilet while, while the phone mysteriously smells like poop. <laughs> sure, you dropped it in a puddle. Every yeah. it's always, it, there's a lot of puddles. There, and there, there was there was a lot homes. of poop in that puddle, as I recall. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It smells so funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wore gloves to a lot of phones I repaired. Puddles, I would think so. Yeah, it's, it's, it gets yeah. gross. People, yeah. people are pretty gross with their phones. Yeah, well, yeah. I you know we people like Louis C.K. They joke about it, but I can't tell you the last time I took a shit without a phone. How do you do that? <laughs> I don't even know how to. That's one of the main reasons my phone is charged at all times. Just poop. It's true. Yeah, it's, it's you terrible. Know it's, true. It's, it's all true for all of us. It's we're all spending. Uh, everyone's spending an extra minute on the toilet because they have a, they have a com- supercomputer in their hand. Yeah, it's a real problem that we all have. But so right yes, it, it's waterproof. Uh, it's not waterproof. It's water resistant. Water resistant. So yes. the kind of thing where if you you know you you drop it or you take it out in the rain, it should be fine. Um, That's really cool. Now, not to change gears with the watch, but the the, the Apple Watch 2, the second edition, um, yeah, it's actually waterproof to 50 meters. Which is awesome. Yeah, it really is, actually. Yeah, you can take that diving. That's kind of yeah. cool. So we've already talked about the A10 chip that's in the iPhone 7, 40% faster than uh, the 6S, yeah. twice as fast as a 6, longest battery life ever in an iPhone. Yeah, um, yeah that's a big deal. It's got stereo speakers. And the battery got a little bigger. Oh, the stereo speakers are quite interesting. Where yeah. They don't fire exactly the same direction, but 
that's one thing that they have in these stereo speakers that a lot of phones like that have stereo speakers have. If you turn your phone the other, like if you like viewing it the other way, the stereo will actually switch too. So that's tied to the accelerometer, which I found out, which is kind of cool, which doesn't really happen in a lot of stereo phones. You kind of got to hold them a certain way to have left and right to be where you want them. Left and right actually switches on an iPhone 7 when you, depending on how you hold it, right. which is kind of cool. Um, outside of the speakers, I guess the, the big controversy, the big, like, let's not, let's go talk okay. about one more thing before we go to the, 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 the scandal, the scandal. I, I, yeah, whatever. Um, 450 megabit LTE. Yes. What the fuck? <laughs> like, no care even has me? that yet. Like, like, even your, okay, let's just pretend for a moment that, that your average cell phone carrier could deliver 450 megabit LTE to you. Um, there's no, I would go through no my whole cell phone plan, plan, my monthly plan. In minutes. In, in, no, no, in seconds. Seconds. <laughs> yeah. So 450 megabit is pretty much way beyond like uh, – commercially available residential internet even oh, yeah. even on fiber like we've got some pretty awesome fiber in this province um two three four hundred megabit 450 megabit wireless is just insane it's crazy um, yeah. conceivably you know i could accidentally sync a uh, a folder on my file server with my ipad and pull down a virtual you know, machine? 20 gigs, 50 <laughs> gigs, a virtual machine, like 100 gigs in a matter of minutes. Oops, I set up the uh, the desktop syncing and now I left the virtual machine yeah. on there and I just downloaded 50 like We're, we're literally approaching half the speed of gigabit Ethernet over wireless. Yeah. Um, I just think it's – I bring it up because I think it's funny. It's really I think funny, it's funny yeah. that we have such shitty data plans and such expensive data on our cell phones, which is – Pure profit. Oh yeah. Uh, on, the, on, on, on the on the part of the cell phone companies, by the way, the infrastructure is sunk cost. It's already paid for. It it costs them nothing to run ten gigs versus ten kilobytes through the. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, so either way. Yeah. But I think it's funny that we are at a point where we could we could conceivably have four hundred and fifty megabit LTE, and most of us probably only have like a couple gigs of data on our phones. Oh, it's, the majority it's of people silly. in Canada are still using a an internet. Plan. Plan that's less than 10 megabit 10 megabit downloaded right right now like it's so much faster than what most people have in their homes well i've been i was in someone's house the other day and i just disconnected from their wi-fi and used my lte because it was faster yeah i absolutely. can't imagine have something 10 times faster oh look if I, like i've got a cable modem at home and i pay for just basic internet because i don't need all that much yeah. um not when i've got a connection like this at the office but uh, if I if I want to upload a very large document and I'm I'm in a hurry, I, I'll turn Wi-Fi off and just use LTE because yeah. it's like two three times faster upload, right? So yeah, the the level of our technology and what our carriers and internet providers are giving us, it's it's not even a balance. Yeah, anymore. if you if you if you thought that the Canada had expensive data plans, just think four hundred and fifty megabit, you could you would blow through a data plan in seconds. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's really silly, and it's it's actually kind of sad the state of affairs that we find ourselves in, where we could have that kind of speed, um, and we can't use it. But you just can't use it. Yeah, that's a really interesting point, Chris, and that's one of those things that people aren't talking about, like the future proofing of the iPhone, and what, like you have a six, I have a six. 
And we just installed the latest operating system. We're running all the latest stuff. I don't see any slowdowns. Like every time no, I've you seen buy an improvement. iPhone now, there's all kinds of little things where the phone is snappier, opening apps, um, searching an address book, bringing up uh, share sheets. And we'll you know, get into iOS 10 and some impressions of it in a bit. But yeah. I guess when we talk about the iPhone 7. Let's talk about. It doesn't have a headphone jack. My God. Oh, no. So now you'll have to plug it in your lightning port or have an adapter. And we, we talked about this before. Like, I don't understand how this is. Like, how much is the adapter? It's 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 the cheapest thing in the Apple store. Literally. Right. It's $10. Doesn't it come with the adapter for free? Oh, yeah. It comes with that. Yeah. So that's not really a big problem it's unless you're a person that loses adapters. Like, and at the end of the day, it ends, it, what? It's, it's another... Two or three inches on the cord that you're plugging in, anyway. I don't see that much of a problem. So my, my my take on it is really simple and sort of brutal. the 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 mini DIN eight uh, headphone jack is literally seventy years old. Yeah. Um, it's nice. It lasted. It's run its course. If you think about it, just take a step back and think about it objectively. Isn't it a little silly yeah. that we're running? And expect to run analog audio through these very digital devices? So Seriously? My whole thing, I will say something against Apple Game. The biggest problem I have with it is Apple really didn't articulate a good reason to get rid of it in this iPhone. Here's, what, here's my whole argument. I'll, I'll finish this off. They're saying that people are moving to wireless and people want to use wireless headphones. And mm-hmm. for me, I'm 100% on that. Yeah, I, I want can't to, wait except to that Bluetooth them. is shit. Bluetooth sucks. So what they've done is they've released their, their W1 chipset and their wireless chipset for their, their new headphones and stuff like that. That's really, what they, that's really the big thing they've done in wireless here. And it's awesome. The idea that I can easily switch between my phone and my Mac without – like the, the easiest way to switch my headphones between my, compu- my phone and my Mac right now is to unplug and plug into another one with the, with the regular three-and-a-half uh, stereo headphone jack. That is by far – because trying to repair Bluetooth is just not something I will do. Oh, it's terrible. So Bluetooth is a problem. But here's the thing. When Apple got rid of the floppy drive, when they got rid of CD-ROMs, in, in laptops. Think about where we were. And they got rid of the keyboard so, on so, the phone. Yeah, so they got rid of the floppy drive. We'll, we'll focus on that one. At that time, we had the internet to send files. We had CD-ROM burners. We had USB keys just around the corner. We had better technology. We knew better stuff was there, and it was already available, and we were using it. And the floppy drive just kind of didn't need to be there anymore. What I wished Apple had done here is if they had introduced their wireless technology last year or they left the headphone jack in this year and introduced all the wireless stuff this year and their wireless technology, here's the better thing, get everyone prepared for it, and then remove the headphone jack next year, the year after. I think there should have been a year gap where here's the wireless technology to fix everything, here's our vision of the future, and then wait a year, then get rid of the headphone jack. That's my only real complaint on the whole thing. And the thing is, at the end of the day, they're going to get rid of it anyway. I think it's beneficial to everyone, you know, when we get our phones thinner and lighter and bigger batteries and not having waste. Like, it does waste a lot of space in the phone. Like, if you've ever had an iPhone mm-hmm. apart, that's a, a significant amount of space. Yeah, is wasted. that's also a real problem if you want to make a device waterproof. Yes, waterproofing. And honestly, that, that's the big motivating factor why Apple's ditching the jack. Yeah. 
is because it's nearly impossible to waterproof without some sort of rubber flap, which just gets ripped off or, or broken over time. I will never, I never will buy a laptop or anything with a flap. I hate of flaps. Course. I think they're stupid. I always hate that when a company does that with any. But I, I think the, uh, I think the real. So that, that's all my thing. I think if they had done, if they got, they could have done they a showed better the wireless job, yes. stuff. And then a year later, then removed the headphone jack, it would have made a lot more sense. But I, I think the real promise, and I think what Apple's going to wind up nailing out of the park, and it will be subtle and silent over time. People will just come to this realization. I don't think that Apple would have gone and forced people to start adopting wireless headsets, wireless headphones, unless they believed that they could actually improve on the shittiness of Bluetooth. Yes. And I think they've done that. They've one, done that with their W1 chip. That is the most exciting thing. And let's talk a little bit about these headphones. Like, okay, so we have these earbud, uh, the AirPods. Yeah. They're fuck ugly. Well, they look like you're they wearing They look like two Q-tips sticking out of your yeah, like they, they're, they're fuck ugly. I'm sorry. They're dumb looking. But like those white but headphones and those commercials, you know damn well what you're looking at when yeah, you see exactly. them. Exactly. But the thing is, every picture they show of them is from the side profile. Mm. You notice they never show like someone looking. Like, it I'm, looks I'm like doing I'm wearing emotionally. like spike earrings out of like my earlobe. Like yeah. it's yeah. Anyway, they're fuck ugly. Like, that's my hold on them. I don't. But my real problem with them is not the look. And the thing that's going to keep me from buying that exact headphone, and I'm going to mention something in a second. I wouldn't buy that those except the AirPods. I wouldn't buy them. Because they do, like, they took out the remote that's in the cord, right? Yeah, I know. And now they have this touch interface. Yeah. The real problem with this is you can double tap to get Siri, and you can pull it out to pause your music, and you can tap to push, play, and, and stop. But there's no control for volume or skipping your music. So if you want to change to the next track, you actually have to invoke Siri, double tap it, next and song. then say next song. If you want to turn down your volume, and I picture this in like a horror film. Picture we're in a horror film, and there's the, the guy is just around the corner, and you're like, "Oh no, my headphones are too loud." Siri, turn down the volume. Like that's like I don't like. But imagine on the bus, and you just can't. You have to pull your fucking phone out of your pocket to turn up the volume because it just got louder because you got on the bus. Like I'm thinking about my practical use. Like I use the remote a lot. I double like okay. Here's the here's the whole gambit of what you can do with the remote if you don't know. And the remote is just this little, the three buttons that come on every pair of uh, Air, um, Apple headphones. So if you click on the middle button, it, that pauses or answers a call or plays. Or hangs up from a call. Or hangs up from a call. You have a volume up, a volume down. And if you that middle button, if you double click on it, that skips the song forward. If you triple click on it, that skips your song back. I have no way of playing the song. And if you hold it in, you invoke Siri. And if you hold it in, you invoke Siri. Yeah. Now I can only bring up Siri... And turn it on and off or pause it by pulling it out of my ear. Yep. It's not enough things. Here's the thing, though. They also released three other headsets. An earbuds, a sport earbuds, and a full-on Solo 3s that, you know, the over-ear muffs. The big yeah. ear muff. Uh, so these are all under the Beats brand. And these are all very, you know, the wireless stuff that you've seen from Beats forever. That has the W1 chipset. That has all the Bluetooth problems solved in them. And... They have a wire so that, you know, this complaint of, you know, you lose them easy and stuff like that. That gets thrown out the window. They have better battery life in these devices. And they have remotes in them so you can actually control them like a normal human being. I'm much more interested. And that's what the thing is. This is still Apple. Apple released three. Didn't release just those AirPods. They released three other headphones. Right. That, all three of them appeal to me more. 
and they're stylish, they look cool, sure. and I think they have better remote control. Well, I, so I think the thing that's, is too, like Apple... So you can't ignore that Apple also released three other things. And you can't ignore the fact that there's all kinds of Bluetooth headphones that are going to work just fine. Yeah. But I think Apple's implementation of Bluetooth is probably going to be the one that's going to make it shine. It's just yes. going to work. Oh, yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, now it's just... I can it, switching from my iPhone. I, I do this all the time, where I just pull my headphones out of my phone and I plug them into my computer and listen to stuff on iTunes or listen to something on my computer. Being able to switch between my two devices seamlessly—that's what appeals to me about this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And that's where wireless is like, okay, now I'm willing to spend two, three hundred dollars on a wireless set of headphones because pairing from one device to another, that's just not applicable to me. And I use multiple devices. I can't imagine well, I, I, having paired to one device. Well, I started off saying that you know, my Sorry, take yeah. on it is sort of simple and brutal, and, and it's really get, get over it. Yeah. It's 2016, about to be 2017. It's silly that we're still using analog audio on something with the power of a smartphone. Yes. It's telling that Apple has used its advantage in, in mobile CPU design to actually embed a chip inside the headphone itself. And what that's going to do is it's going to cut through the, the crap with Bluetooth. It's going to give a buffer. Uh, it's going to give better pairing. It's going to give a little more brain power to repair, to reconnect, to deal with interruptions and signal interference. They're going to do all that. Yeah. And, and I'm really looking forward to this not just being a headphone thing. I want this to be a mouse thing. I want this to be the sure. keyboard thing. Like I want that chipset in everything. But the other thing too is that like, let's think more objectively here about okay. the status of audio. I've talked about how I think it's silly that we're running analog devices through a digital phone. Well, yes. if you've got a it really – if you've got a high-end stereo system – and you're playing something like a DAC recording or, or iTunes lossless or in a really low compression uh, uh, AAC, and you've got really good speakers, and you've got, say, optical out to those speakers, yeah. there's a big difference when you go and plug in a mini DIN 8 or an analog audio oh, source yeah. to ridiculous. it. So, we, so the thing is, like, think over time, like, we're... We're going to have – analog is going to go away and yeah. Apple has basically ushered in that era. You will have digital receivers. You're going to have optical out to digital speakers and you've got digital files and you've got digital audio processing. It just makes sense that we're finally going to move to fully complete end-to-end -end digital audio. Uh, it's, it's absolutely silly that – and that anyone thinks that we should continue to use the, the, the analog audio jack from the 1960s. And here's the thing. There's this, you know, the Android fanboys are making fun of this. Like, at least Android has a headphone jack. Like, but like, Every they, Android phone's going to follow suit. 100%. you got to realize, and I made a tweet about this, was you if you really don't think Samsung's going to get rid of the headphone jack, then you don't realize think again. it. But like, think of how much Samsung caught. Like, they put a bump in... They put they have camera bumps in all their phones because Apple has a camera bump. Yeah, there's absolutely no reason oh, why Samsung devices have a camera bump. Ca Apple like just doesn't have enough. Like they made a camera bump because that's how they made it so that their image stabilization and stuff like could fit in there. Samsung doesn't have that. They really put in a camera bump because they the didn't want to be one. the guys without a camera right. bump when you're when you're comparing two phones together right. in a store. That's why a Samsung device has a camera bump. They don't need yeah. it. So think again if you don't think that the, the vast majority and eventually over the next two to three years that every single phone sold 
will no longer have an audio jack. And there's already Android devices. Right. There. Before the iPhone 7 came out, there was an Asus phone that already had that. Just like the floppy drive, just like USB replacing SCSI, just like the touchscreen replacing the hard keyboard, we are going to embrace digital audio and we're never going to look back. Wireless um, is the way to go. It's, yeah. it's, it's really silly to me to think that, that anyone's going to have a real problem with, with Apple getting rid of the headphone jack. And the fact of the matter is, at least in the first generation, they've included the adapter for free. So, and they'll do that get, next year. Probably the, they might even do it the <laughs> like year get after. Get over that. it. It's it's, and the argument that you're like I thought it was funny. You made a, you made a, you had got a little Twitter argument with a guy who was saying, "Well, when am I when I'm in my car, I won't be able to charge my phone and wear headphones at the same time." Um, and well, what was your line on that, Chris? Well, it was two things. One, if you're wearing headphones while you're driving, that's illegal and dangerous. <laughs> two, uh, if you've got a car that's old enough to have a deck that doesn't have USB, you're telling me that you're willing to drop a thousand bucks every two years on a new phone, but you can't drop two or three hundred bucks on a piece of crap audio deck in your car yeah. that, that has USB. Like, really? Like, dude, you can buy a, and you don't have a. A stand in your car. Like it's like, nice I, that you bought a car that was expensive ten years ago. You're, you're dropping serious coin on 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 the phone every two years, and you can't upgrade your stereo system. Well, that's you're talking your about a problem that's solved like very cheaply. Like yeah, adapters that do like I know right. it's an, you know, ooh, and, another and, and, adapter, but and like also it's not like that if, big if you care at all about music and you're driving a car that's old enough not to have USB. You really ought to replace your deck. Yeah, because it, your deck a, is shit. Yeah, actually seeing <laughs> what song you're listening to on your display. And being yeah, imagine to, that. And imagine like you have to you go to your phone every time you change a song. Jesus, <laughs> no. that sounds insane. Well, it's also distracted driving. Yeah, like you're, you're like, you shouldn't you're, be doing that. You're advocating a dangerous form of operating a motor vehicle. So fuck off. <laughs> that's, fun. that's hilarious and also the idea like well I can't listen to my headphones and charge my phone uh, I, don't, I don't see that as a problem that real I can't understand that'd be a problem and if you got to buy an adapter the to fake that, outrage and the ridicule is no different than yeah. the, the, than than you know the floppy drive going away scuzzy going away the, the keyboard going away it's no different there's one other thing I wanted to mention too though about this phone and I made a tweet about it and I just there's there's one thing when I first tried it I hated it about the iPhone 7. <laughs> hey, business dog. You want a belly rub? I'm sorry. I was ignoring you. You need a belly rub. Yeah, business dog was sleeping on his back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he's so cute. Anyway, sorry. Um, I, I really hated it, and it was the home button. When I first pushed on it, mm. and it feels like the whole bottom of the phone is shaking. Mm. Apparently, there's some other settings and stuff, so maybe I should give it more of a chance. I'm a big button fan. I love buttons. One of the things I hate about Android is capacitive buttons. I hate... Here's the thing I hate. Well, you sure push my fucking buttons. So, (laughs) you're looking at a picture on your phone, and you want to show your friend, and you hand them the phone. On an Android phone, you just can't do that. You cannot hand an Android phone to another friend, because guaranteed... And expect them to open it. It's like... like, Because they're guaranteed to hit one of those capacitive buttons. Yeah, sure, Mike. uh, You know, come over to my place and just just, uh, heat up that dinner in the microwave. Oh, you don't know how to use my microwave, do you? Exactly. <laughs> Shocking. I hate capacitive buttons. I like the physical home button. I think it's one of the best best things about the iPhone. And one of the things I hate about Android is not having physical buttons. I guess I'll get used to it. Um, and, and when I say heat up I, dinner, I mean make craft dinner mm, in the microwave. Yeah, use right? a Mac. Uh, <laughs> That's the stuff, man. 
I lived yeah. in residence for way too long. I was going to say, it's the stuff that university degrees are made of. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I used to teach classes on how to make Easy Mac. That was, that was, that was my thing in university. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't like the idea that there's not a physical button. But the thing is, the haptic feedback, it, you know, I've, I've tried on different settings now. I went back to the Apple Store after hating it first. It's not that bad, and I think I'll, it's something I'll get used to. And after you use the phone for a bit, I think it's just one of those things you'll get used to. Mm-hmm. It's just it was a little a little daunting for me to admit that Apple just got rid of a physical button, and I like physical buttons. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's going to make much difference. I, I'm not a big fan of it yet. I think I'll warm up to it. But that's more of a problem for me than the headphone jack. Right? I just don't care about the headphone jack. I, I don't really care at all. But the, I want wireless headphones. That's really... You know, I think I, I have headphones in my head a lot, and I use a wired set of headphones. And I'm just looking forward to not having that wire pulling my phone off my table all the time because I accidentally forgot that I had my headphones in. There's so many people that are saying that. Um, well, what what about when your headphone wire saves your phone when you drop it? How about all the times you pulled your head your your phone off the desk because it was connected by wire? That that that's a bigger problem for me. Of than, course, it is. Than it getting saved by the wire. I, I'm, anyway, these are si- these are such silly arguments. We're going to wireless headphones. That's right. Yeah, and, and and that's about it for the iPhone Seven. Uh, yeah. Also, that uh, some really awesome finishes. The uh, okay, the you know what? matte Apple black and the just, jet black. If Apple changed nothing, right. Apple could have changed nothing and done this jet black and this. And this beautiful matte black. If they well, I, only did that, I'm they would have sure showed an ass load of these. I've phones. not been to an Apple store since they've come out, but I'm Dude, pretty sure that despite the fact that the jet black will probably scuff over time, I'm not going to be able to resist okay, it. Okay, I'm 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 the weirdo in the room. I'm always a weirdo in the room about this. I don't use a case on my phone. I don't I, use a case on my phone. You don't, but I like having my phone wear. I love the scuff marks on my phone. I don't like so much the scratches on the screen. I try to avoid that, but I love wear marks. So you I love, love the, the Star Wars look. I love when something looks a little worn. It's I like, traveled across the I galaxy and back. I don't buy my devices for the next person I'm going to sell it to afterwards. I don't care about that person. I. You buy it to use it. I get it. I love my phone getting worn. I like the idea. So that jet black... That appeals to me because it scratches up, because it would look worn. I don't buy any device thinking about, well, what about resale value? Or what about when I try to, like, I don't care. Like, that's at most going to take off, what, 50 bucks if it's scuffed up? I don't well, care you don't, about that. Uh, but that, to I be love fair, my, though, I love my devices looking to be worn. Objective, that's why though, I love aluminum devices. You don't, you don't devices. care because you already know uh, that that iPhone's going to retain its value even with scuffs and scratches. Yeah, no one's going to really care. Right. People will. My six. You already know you're going to sell that thing and, for probably three or four hundred bucks. Oh yeah, I, I will be able to sell this thing next year when I go get. Uh, I'm thinking the eight will be my next phone. When I go to sell my six, I guarantee you I will sell it for enough that it'll be you know, that it will pay for my down payment on my on my iPhone seven S or eight or whatever they call it next year, guaranteed. Mm. So I'm not worried about scuffing it up. And it doesn't ruin the functionality. And the functionality is all most people care about when it comes to a used phone anyway. And then if they want to put it in a case, they can go right ahead. Go for it. But you know what? Just great. So is there anything else about the iPhone 7 that we can talk about? I mean, I think that's about it. Yeah, that's about it. Like, I I just think, you know, when we talk about, you know, uh, Apple making a boring iPhone 7 and that it wasn't going to sell. Look, they could have released that. Bullshit. Wall Street's wrong. Just the the black. The is wrong. Just the black. Alone, yeah. Yeah. sold ten million of these. Things. Of course, just like 
I I love the two tone look of the of the space gray. I I'm a big fan of that look. Right. But there's a lot of people that have been saying I just want a black iPhone. They haven't had a black like a solid black iPhone for a long time. That alone sold yeah, a lot. Of absolutely. IPhone. It's super pretty. And and, and, and that's so enough. you know. All the other features we talked about, it doesn't matter. Most people most people just wanted a black one. Apple's going to sell probably more iPhones this coming quarter than they ever have. Yeah. They're going to break 100%. their own records all over again. Um, don't believe the bullshit that you're reading uh, in, in the tech press and what the average analyst on Wall Street has to say. We have a nasty habit of being right, say. right, Chris? So I, we do I have a nasty habit. And, and it's, uh, it's, it's sad how, how wrong Wall Street has it right now. Yeah. Um, but anyway... You heard it here first. There Apple's going to sell more than they ever have. A million, 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 million iPhones. Let's talk about iOS 10 because that's the other thing that, that Apple announced months ago but what? shipped. Uh, Here's something interesting. I want to bring up last, this because I was watching uh, – I don't know if you watch Chelsea on Netflix. It's the only – it's the top Chelsea? show. So Chelsea Handler has her own show on Netflix. It's three times a week and she actually does a talk show on Netflix. It's an she's a really great personality. I really like her interview style. I love the guest that she brings on. She's a really, really great um, interviewer and really, I think net, one of the best decisions Netflix ever made. If they're going to have a talk show, well, if you take feel Chelsea strongly the about her, then you should reach out to her for sponsorship of this podcast. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, um, it's amazing. I was watching the start of her show, and she had one of her interns. Come and talk about the new features of iOS 10. And he went through all the like the voicemail mm -hmm. thing. And we're going to talk about a couple of these features. He talked about a bunch of the features. And she was like, oh, that's amazing. And then she, uh, after like, but that's like, imagine like on a talk show talking about the newest features of an operating system. And I thought, I said to uh, my girlfriend as we're watching it, it's like, this would be absolutely impossible to do with Android. Because no way you could start talking about the newest operating system and then say to people at the end of it, yeah, but only 5% of you can actually download. <laughs> so here's, a, and they got to the end of it where they said, oh, anyone can download this to their, their newest home. Oh, and she goes, oh, it's just not on the iPhone 7. No, no, you can download this because... All the way back to the 5? The 5S. All the way down to the 5. The and we'll five. talk a little bit about how the yeah. performance is on the 5 and stuff, but it was amazing how... Uh, the, it ended with her taking the phone. He's like, "Oh yeah, with the update, it, it's waterproof, right?" And she throws the, the, the intern's phone right into her into a glass of water, <laughs> and he just loses mind. Like, no, no, what are you doing? She's like, "Well, it's updated now, and I, that, the new one has waterproofing." That's the phone, not not the operating. Okay, that's obviously a gag. Wonderful gag, though. Yeah. It's really funny, and it, she's a kind of a mean spirited type. So it was, I think you would really enjoy her show if you watched it, Chris. Um, being yeah, a mean spirited a type, uh, but uh, it's a really great show. Me and Business Dog will watch it tonight. It's cool to see a, a regular talk show coming up on there, but it's just amazing to see that can be a topic for a talk show. Just talking about the newest features on iOS seven, uh, sorry, iOS ten, because. It's so ubiquitous. Everyone can relate to it, and everyone wants to know the new features. So let's talk about some of these new features and some of the cool stuff. Uh, I guess the first one I wanted to talk about was the voicemail thing. Yeah, go ahead. So it's really cool, and this is something we've seen on different smartphones in the past, and this is not anything completely new, but it's cool for iOS to bring it in, where uh, when you get a voicemail now, it actually shows you a full text of the voicemail, so you don't have to listen to fucking voicemails. <laughs> because that's a waste of my time. I look if you leave me a voicemail, and I even say it in my voicemail message. Like if you want a quicker response, email me or text me. Because me listening to a voicemail—that's well, the what, last. What you should point say is if you me. want any response at all. Yeah, really. You should text me. So actually, getting it as a text message on my visual voicemail—that's a big plus to voicemail. I know. What it really should say is, um, 
I was born after 1980. Therefore, you shouldn't leave me a voicemail. Because yeah. it's no longer 1980. Yeah. If you if you ring and I don't answer, text me or email me. Like that's how you get a hold of me. Right. That, you will get a response way quicker because right. I know what your problem. Almost is. if you if you just call me outright, you're probably not going to get through to me because I'm busy. Yeah. Uh, unless we have a scheduled call. Yeah. But if you text me, I will find a moment here or there, and you'll hear from me. Yeah. Scheduled calls are the yeah. only type of calls I really take now. And I guess that's it's transcription really nice to text practice. for voicemail is a big deal. Like yeah. I, I, I loathe, I loathe voicemail. Yeah. I absolutely loathe it. Having to listen to it is, is a pain. And especially to like, oh, call me back and here's my number. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then you replay it three or four times. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's complete And I'm writing bullshit. it on pen and paper. It's ridiculous. Pen and paper. Yeah. What? Yeah. Think about that. What's that? I don't even know anymore. I don't have it. I, I used to. I, I I still have a notepad, man. It's. I, I, I think it's funny when someone asks me, "Do you have a pen?" No, no, I don't. No, I don't have a printer in our office, man. Like you're alone a pen. <laughs> um, we we don't do paper. I don't do printing. I just. No, I, we don't do. Paper. I gave up on printers long ago. Don't own a printer. No, don't, do just not don't own do one. It. It's, it's a terrible piece of technology. Outside of the text messaging. Uh, we have uh, what's the next feature? We well, let's on? talk about the lock screen. Ooh, yeah, it's very different now. Yeah. Uh, dr- dramatically improved, uh, dramatically worsened. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> There's some good and bad there. Because they've changed the functionality. When you unlock your phone, uh, it doesn't necessarily take you to the home screen. You stay on the lock screen because Apple assumes that you're going to do stuff on the lock screen yes. and be useful in the lock screen. And I haven't built it into my habits yet to start swiping left for widgets uh, versus a stream of notifications. Um, but the lock screen, you can actually reply to text messages without going into the messages app. You can reply to emails without going into I the email app. Sports scores you can and check stuff your sports like scores and stocks, your calendar, uh, voicemails. You've got a ton of apps that support having widgets on the on the home screen. Everything, Everything from really. a weather forecast to uh, Slack notifications, whatever. And we should get Business Dog to lie down uh, ah, no, because everyone's going to hear the clicking and the clacking. Hello, buddy. Hey, hey, can you lie down? Can you lie down? Hey, he's part of the podcast, too. Lie he down, just wants please. to say his piece. He, li- he likes the new widgets. Lie down. But there is this one pain point when it comes to this new lock screen, and I've, I've helped a lot of people through this one. Uh, there's pretty much every tech website in the entire world has posted how to fix this, and it's the whole idea of it's a difference between some people and how they open up their phone. Me, I push the lock button. That's mm-hmm. the first thing I push, and I, I turn on the screen, and then I put my thumb on the home on the home button to get into the phone. That's how I do it. Apple, I guess Apple's assumption is most people turn on their screen by pushing the home button, and then by pushing the home button and leaving it on there, then they get into the phone. Right. But if you don't do that, then you have to push the lock screen and then push the home button in order to get to your phone, which is kind of weird having to push two buttons to get in there. Mm-hmm. But there's a very simple setting... General accessibility home button. Go there, turn on rest rest uh, thumb uh, rest finger on button, and then that causes so you don't. Have Which to I'm not going to do because I'm going to try to embrace the paradigm that they're that they're trying to create. I can't get used to. It. I can't get used to not. Well, I'm going to try. I'm going to try to get my head around Siri widgets and all that stuff. But honestly, I think it's a bit too complicated. Mm-hmm. I don't. I I think the vast majority of iPhone users are just going to totally bypass the the lock screen. Uh, and all the work that Apple's doing there, I think, is probably going to amount to very little. Yeah, I don't think it's really going to work out the way they want it. And um, 
I guess what it comes down to is I don't see any compelling reason to spend a lot of time at the widget screen. I like how it's there. Mm-hmm. It's quick and accessible. But getting rid of the paradigm, like they really got, okay, here's the bottom line. They got rid of the paradigm of swipe to unlock. Swipe to unlock is just gone now. I'm going to have to train my parents on not on how swipe to unlock works now. Like there's no swipe to unlock. That's a problem. Nothing for, worse than training adults. Yeah, they're the worst. <laughs> Kids will figure it out. Adult, older people, you gotta you gotta train them on, on new paradigms on how to get into rinse their and phone. repeat. It's it's not fun, and I, I it's a little bit of a miss. I wish they had they had asked the user how they want to get into the phone instead of making it a buried option in accessibility to make it work like it always did. And for me, it was something I had to change right away. I just I I, I my. My reaction on how I turn off. Why do you phone, hate change so much, Mike? I don't know. I can't change. <laughs> okay, so, so yeah, redesign lock screen. Yeah. I think it, it'll be. But it'll there's a lot of cool seen stuff. Whether or not it really sticks. I really like how the camera comes in now. Yeah. I like the idea of swiping uh, left. No, you swipe right for the camera. That's a better function. Oh, of course it is. Yeah, having to pull up the uh, the command center and then push on a camera button. No, no, that was that was silly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's better. So there's a few other things. Siri is now open to developers. You can use Apple's APIs to use Siri to control and invoke features within your app. So now you can swear at all the apps on your phone. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, for the record, I think Siri is garbage. Yep. I think it's brain dead. I cannot use it to set reminders. I cannot use it to set calendar appointments. I can use it to make a call in the car, and that's unreliable 20% of the time. I can use it to send a text message in, in the car that's reliable 60% of the time, 70% of the time, maybe. Um, other than that, I don't use Siri for anything because it's shit. Yeah. It's brain and dead. I, it's not contextually aware. It's never lived up to the promises that Apple's built it for. It's completely programmatic. And I've said a couple times on Twitter recently, I think that Siri is just like palm graffiti. It's, it's there's very too good much, analogy. Too much mental math and I have to too much training myself and retraining my brain how I would need to talk to it in order to get what I want. Couple that with unreliability and it's just maddening. I The one thing I, that drives me nuts is how it gets lippy with me if I use a swear word. If I oh, curse I know. at it. Look, I'm a fucking adult, Siri. I can curse. You don't get to, to not do what I asked you to do just because I told you to fucking do it. Right. Like it, it dri- that drives me crazy. Right. It's stupid. You know, I should be able to talk to Siri just like I talk to my employees, right? <laughs> <laughs> but Siri is shit. It is, it is absolute garbage. It's, it's, a, it's a mockery. Um, I think Apple needs to just can it. Yeah. And start over. It's garbage. They really need to do something drastic with it. Like when I, I even look at Google Now, Cortana from Microsoft. Cortana, I I've used that on my Windows 10 machine. I like it. It does work better. Siri, like I have it on my Mac now. Oh man, I, I, I put a picture of what I tried to just tried to make a reminder. Oh yeah, it's man. hilarious. It asked me. Uh, I said make a reminder for this. I said the whole line, and it printed. It showed right on the screen exactly what I said. Okay, what do you want to be remind? You can you can do reminders by doing explain what reminders were. I just say okay, I just told you I wanted a reminder. Okay, what do you want to be reminded about? I told her what I wanted to be reminded about. Okay, what time? Okay, I told her the time. Then she and at all these points she's saying exactly what I'm saying. What do you want to be re- okay? First was what do you want to be reminded about? I told her what time do you want to be reminded about? Okay, I told her when. What do you want to be reminded about? 
it asked me what I wanted to be reminded about twice. Yeah. I'm just like my, I had, my favorite I, I had is, to have uh, a thirty second conversation with Siri just to make a reminder. Yeah. And all, honestly, where you just end up is fuck it. I'm never going to use it. Again. Never going to use it again to, because it's it garbage. It has to fail once for you. Just like okay, because it fails it so miserably. Yeah. It fails so hard. And, and at the end of it, I just didn't get the result I wanted. Right. It still was wrong. And well, because I, it took it took more effort and and then and, and then emotional energy in dealing with something that just is broken. And then I can't swear at it where it, where it gets liquid. Yeah. Liquid. No. Exactly. But like, come on. The, my, my favorite though is is. I, I used to rely on quite a bit, you know, asking Siri, what song is this? And then it, uh, listening to a, a song that's playing in the background at a bar, at a restaurant, at a festival, up, a yeah. concert, whatever, shazams it up and then bam, it works. And I loved it. But it's broken. It is totally ruined in iOS 10. So if I ask right now, what song is this? Three out of four times, it will tell me the last song that my iPhone played and then start to play it. It's just... Fucked. I can't stand it. Like, I, I'm paying for Apple Music and I'll say, uh, make a station from this song. Oh, that ne- That's never, never worked. Never worked. It's supposed to be able to do that. That's supposed to be one yeah. of the functionalities. And I always get an error like, can't make a can't make a station from this song. And no explanation why, I just can't. But it sort of baffles me, though, how Apple uh, just continues to double down and triple down on Siri. And it's garbage. Yeah. It's never worked. They really have to like. It, at the at the I very, at the very best, it's a gimmick. At the very worst, it. It, it's just a technological boat anchor. Yeah. It's not even worth paying the lip service to it at their keynote events because they failed. It's garbage. It's never going to live up to the promises that they made. Yeah. And I, frankly, for one, right I don't, now other I don't, companies I don't, I don't are doing care better. about any future announcements about Siri. It's dead to me. Yeah, yeah it's I, sad I, because I it, it has it such great promise, but, but it, it's it's dead to me. Um, so yeah, Siri is now available to third-party apps. Woo! Yeah, yeah. I, you won't use it there either. Like I don't get it. Like developers so, will bring it in and they'll have it there, and I just won't. So what's some other stuff? It. You can make uh, reservations and call Uber with Siri. You can make reservations from the Maps app. I guess that's all useful things. Um, there's more intelligent suggestions about places that you frequent, you know, giving you traffic updates because the phone assumes that you're, say, driving to your office or wherever. And I think that's sort of useful. Um, It's good contextual information. Um, I've always thought, actually, uh, that I I have a a new Ford car. It's got the Ford Sync 3. Yeah. Not CarPlay, but Ford's Sync, right? And I thought that that was the absolute best implementation of maps while driving. Right, that I've ever seen, and that is a proper distinction between driving and not driving. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you know, there was three different interfaces for the maps in my car. You can just get a, a big map. You can have it split screen where it'll show you a list of directions and actual like graphic road signs to look for, uh, or points of interest. And those yeah. points of interest were just bang on, right? And it wasn't just about gas stations and coffee shops. It was about things that are interesting in that exit. And it's bang on, and it's in real time, and it works, and the directions have never once failed me. Um, so Apple's sort of getting on that bandwagon when you're getting directions. You can now do uh, you know, quick, quick searches for coffee shops, uh, breakfast joints, uh, gas stations, etc. I mean, the only thing I can say is welcome to five years ago. Yeah. Uh, because Ford's been doing that, and a lot of other car companies have been doing it for a long time. So good, uh, but I won't use it because what's in my car, which is now over a year old, uh, is still better. Um, 
talked about the new smart home button. Um, they've made a lot of improvements to, to 3D Touch. It's opened up APIs so developers can actually use, use it. Use it a lot more effectively. Uh, yeah. yeah, so that that's all cool. Uh, Apple Music's been redesigned. Um, it's better, but there's aspects of it that are still a complete shit show. I really do like the design a lot more where you click on an artist and then you don't just get this list of their most popular stuff. You get your library first. Then you can scroll down if you want to go into more about the artist. Sure. That makes a lot. Now, it, just tell me how you enable shuffle when you're playing a, a song. Yeah. Yeah, know. you have to bring up the song. You have to scroll all the way to the bottom, past the lyrics and all that shit, and then shuffles at the bottom. I have trouble figuring out what is my current playlist. Yeah, totally. Like, it, it's, it's hidden away. Like, yeah. what is what what is my current list of songs that are going to come up now? I don't... And even still, like, there... Every time you're playing, it shows a little bar on the bottom showing what song sure. you're playing. And you can play or pause or skip to the next song. But I don't know at what point. Like, why doesn't it have a little bar integrated in that showing me where I Every am in the Every time Apple makes an upgrade to Apple Music, they ah. forsake more and more basic functionality. I yeah. don't get it. I'm really frustrated It's a lot more it. clicks to get to very Absolutely. simple stuff. But there is stuff in it that I really like. And I think, I think the bass is pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's better overall. But... There's still now stuff where I'm confused of where it should be. Totally. And I don't know where Let's say you, you do a search for a song and you find it. You cannot get information on that song or that artist without first playing the fucking song. Yeah. You can't do it. No. So the ability to, okay, say I do a, a particular search for a particular song, I find it, and I want to add that to a playlist. No, you can't do that, Chris. you got to start playing the song, then pause it, then bring up the information on it, and then add it to your playlist. It's like four goddamn steps. Like, how can it be so complicated to do something so simple? We've been living with playlists since 2001 when the iPod came out. Like, really, Apple? If you can't tell that I'm frustrated with Apple, like, I'm I'm actually getting really, really fed up with Apple software. It is completely haphazard. It is headless. It's discombobulated. It makes they want no Apple sense, to and it's look just better continuously, better. arbitrarily changing and breaking basic functionality. And um, here's the, here's the I don't know. I, 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 I sort of I sort of wonder how long it's going to go on before I finally say fuck it and say you know what I'm just going to go try Spotify because I'm I'm getting really sick of Apple. Well, what shit. I do like, and here's something Spotify is bringing in, is the uh, I do like the curated playlist that happen every day. You do get some cool playlists that show that are customized to you every day. That's pretty cool. And that's yes. something that Apple Music does better than anyone. I, really I know, do and, it's one of the, and it's one of the reasons I'm sticking with it. But the other one, I that's one thing that will keep me on Apple Music. I really like, like I'm finding new music and stuff like that. And that's what I yeah. love about Apple Music. I've discovered that's it. so it's much a, new music. Music discovery is the only thing that keeps me using that Apple Music. Yeah. As software goes, it's a piece of shit. One thing that kills me is the station functionality. Oh, it's You're garbage. supposed to be able to take any song and play a station off it. It hardly that, ever works. Well, when it works, even when it works, I'm listening to the song, I'm halfway through the song, and I think, oh, I want to play a station off that song. So then I click on the song, and then I click on it. I have to do three clicks to get to the station functionality now, because that's, that's harder to get to in this version. But when I do actually click on it to start a station from this song, um, it may or may not play that song over from the start, which is madness. I'm already listening to the song. Why do I need to start that song over from scratch Mm -hmm. just because I decided to make a station from it? But a lot of times, 
it'll start playing another song. And then that song that I was listening to stopped. Like, why would I want to not listen to the song I just wanted to make a station off of? I obviously enjoy it. Don't stop playing it because I, I made a station. It's brain dead stuff. It, 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 as far terrible. as I'm concerned, it's just like total lack of user experience testing. Yeah. And I don't get it. No. I don't get it. Like you've had an entire year to ship an update to this application and you just break We've been stuff waiting for left, this right, for a while, Absolutely. It's not – it's – Overall, I do believe it's better. I do like the interface more. I like there's some streaming. Yeah, and overall, I think the alternatives are still worse, but the window yeah. is closing. The gap is closing. Yeah. And Spotify is really good. Yeah. Google Music is even – these are good platforms. And, well, I don't think Google Music has nearly what it comes to uh, – they're still trying to do everything with computers instead of actually human curated playlists and stuff like that. And it's not as effective. I'm sorry. What the, well, of course the music isn't. discovery stuff is what's keeping me on Apple Music. Yeah, me too. They gotta fix the interface. They gotta fix these little you're, things. I, for one, sense. you're you're gonna lose me as a subscriber if you don't fix the goddamn I'm software. For, I'm paying fifteen dollars a month for this exactly. Like I just can't continue. Paying you know, that, that, that brings me to, to another headline feature of iOS ten, which is memories inside the, the the photos app. Yeah. Well, guess what? Memories doesn't work for me. It's five percent through scanning my library and then just restarts. It's been doing it since I installed iOS ten. I've got an iPad Pro at like what two point three gigahertz. Oh yeah, it's the fastest thing you can yeah, get. Can't up do until it. The iPhone can't 7. do it. The software is just broken. It's another example of Apple shipping stuff that is just not done. Here's the thing: I've gotten some decent memories out of it, like for certain points, like when I went on my oh, vacation so it does work this for summer. You. Some of I don't like, even have a big photo library. But here's the thing: once it started working. Well, it eventually started working, but getting to that point, the app crashed a whole bunch of times. I just blanked out, just crashed. Right. Like, and I didn't really understand. Like, there was no real good indicator of how long it was going you know, to take. I'm, I'm it's opening just like, photos it took, right it now and going to memories. And okay, scanning. Yeah, it's still scanning. It's been scanning since I installed it. How long's iOS 10 been open? Uh, uh, yeah, long two enough. weeks. Long enough that scan should be working. Yeah. It gets to five percent and then it shits its pants and starts over continuously. Yeah. I just I I, keep, I had it crash a whole bunch of times and then it finally gave me some. some when it actually works, not bad, but it's like they never tested it at all. No, not at and all. This is totally, a major thing that they totally introduced. rushed to market. Big headline feature in their in their in their marketing, and it's broken. Yeah, one hundred percent broken. It crashed whole, so yeah, many I times. Just, get, I just uh, so parts of me are just so sick of of Apple. I gotta say, oh wow. Um, Anyway, <laughs> with iOS 10, now there's Apple Pay on the web, That's uh, cool. multilingual typing. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff, but then there's messaging. And all I can say like is that for as much as I'm bitching and moaning about broken aspects of iOS 10, Apple Music and Photos and Siri... That sounds pretty bad, doesn't it? It's pretty bad. That's it a, is. That's it is bad. Big, that's some big. That's some of their biggest selling points. Yeah, and we're complaining. And they're just about totally half baked. Yeah, they don't work. However, well. they nailed messaging. They, they really blew it out of the park, and Apple completely owns messaging. If you haven't I installed iOS now, 10 and tried iOS 10 messages, oh uh, it is it's pretty impressive. It's the gold standard now, and there's nothing that compares. Yeah. Text effects, stickers, emoji replacement, commenting like a, on other people's commenting on other people's messages, messages, full screen effects. Just being able to give a thumbs up when someone says something good instead of having to say, "Yeah, man, that's cool." Like yeah. I can just I love. I, I, I never used emoji because I would never subject myself to browsing a library of thousands of little icons. The emojification. Yeah. So you're typing and instead of like suggesting words, it suggests an, an emoji replacement. That's awesome. Yeah. They, you they click on the emoji that. icon and all of a sudden everything just shows up yeah. in bright colors 
and you can easily switch them to emojis. So now I just right. type out whatever, like, oh, octopus. I just type out the word octopus, and then I just bring that but up. Also, the apps for, for messages, that's a huge thing. I love it. I can share you what song I'm listening to. I can send you. I've done uh, that, yeah. Uh, I can edit a photo from within the messages app and then send it to you. I can cool. I can send people messages or tasks in Trello, messages in Slack. Like So there's not many games out yet? But me and my friend Costa, we were playing, um, the, there's a sea battle, it's Battleship. Uh, we were playing. Uh, there's a good pool game. We were playing eight ball pool. Uh, you know, this in is your all messaging app, right in the messaging app. So, yeah. like, I can't honestly. I can't wait for someone to make someone. Please make backgammon for this thing. Because oh, it's coming. My, I, I can just send my here link to download this app, and then me and her can play backgammon right in the messaging app. And to, like for, here's the thing. Like I have uh, my friend Costa. He he just recently moved here, but for years. Uh, we lived apart and we were really good friends. And that's how we kind of kept connection was mm-hmm. playing games and stuff like that on our whatever device we had in our time. We played games and that's how we really connected because we're not two guys that just want to talk or text each other. We don't have anything to say, but we want to have that connection. So playing games was something that we did. But just that ability to just have a game being played while you're in that conversation with someone, it's really brilliant. And I'm but it's not even just about games and sending images and silly stuff like sending. The, no, it's about the, handwriting. The, no, it's about invisible ink. Very cool. Another one though is actual, real, functional apps. There's a translation app, I Translate, and if you want to, you could talk to someone through the messaging app using this translation app, and they don't even have to speak English, and you can talk to them through messaging. That's amazing. Yeah, it like, is. It really allows you to personalize and really make messaging about you and whatever that person you talk to. But the cool part is, and one thing I always throw at people, they're like, oh, that sounds like a lot of stuff and it sounds like overwhelming. You know what? Ignore it if you want to. Ignore iMessage altogether. Use it as an SMS messenger. It's the same thing. Still the best messaging client that there is. And if and, you ignore and all that token stuff, it still works perfect. Yeah. So Which hand, is very different than what handwriting. We're uh, you can send someone your heartbeat. Heartbeat's you cool, can yeah. send someone uh, uh, a set of lips, like a blow a kiss. You can send sketches, heartbeats, fireballs. You can draw. You can even draw We've over all images. Some you can, of course, but you can even like bring up a photo and then annotate it with drawings and sketches and give someone a big fake nose or well, fake glasses. You or, can take a video and then draw up the video while you're making the video. Exactly, and like yeah. you can describe something to someone in a way that. There's nothing else in It really brings things. your dick pics to life. Oh, man. Yeah. I love making video and drawing dicks on people. It's, it's the best. <laughs> We're such children. Yeah, we are children. We're all yeah, children. Totally but, children. Um, I've used this stuff so much. The Invisible Ink one you mentioned earlier. Invisible like, Ink is awesome. I send you something that's personal, private, sensitive. Uh, it just comes up as static until you wipe your finger over it. That's yeah. awesome. And, and what a cool idea. To, to our stats like me that have everything pop up on their screen, you can send me something personal or something work-related, and I could be standing there with a bunch of people at the bar, and it pops up. I know you messaged me. I know how long the message is, but I don't know what it's contained. No one at the table sees what it is, and I can just take it and actually wipe off that. And all this stuff works perfectly well on the Mac too. Right. So if you if you're it's real sending, continuity between your phone and your Mac, yeah, and, and your com- and your iPad. And um, there's nothing like it in message. Well, there's nothing like having a 13-inch iPad and doing handwriting on that massive screen. That's cool. It really comes out beautifully. It's a really nice touch to do like a thank you or a see you soon or, or something. Like 
Apple completely owns messaging. They really There's nothing the out there like messaging in iOS 10. And everybody from, from Snapchat to Facebook, they're all going to be aping these features yeah. because they're awesome. They knocked it out of the park. And so for as unhappy as I am, like I always am with Apple software because parts of it really is going to shit. Um, they seem they, to really. They, they nailed messaging. I, I wish they could work on everything that they added in iOS 10 as much as they did on the messaging. I know they really nailed it. Well, they also. I think that's the other thing too. I think Apple is willfully neglecting many aspects of iOS and many aspects of its own apps. How can they deliver messaging with so many improvements and features and new stuff, and it work so well? I like. I've been playing games on it, like. Right, for but it, brand but it works. new stuff, it works. It's brand no, new stuff, it's all working. I haven't so encountered well. a single bug, not no, one. It works perfectly. So how can you nail that and other stuff just because, because they're willfully neglecting things? They know that be. the better part of a billion people use their messaging app. We know some of the best software engineers in the world work for Apple. We know that they're capable of making basically anything yeah. when it comes to software and making it work. They can really do it, right. and they're just not. They're not. They're waiting for the next version to fix it. Yeah, like, I shouldn't absolutely. have to wait until 10.1 to to think that that's when things are going to work. Well, I, I, I have no hope of, of memories working in photos until 10.1. Like there's, there's stuff that's just broken, yeah. you know. It's, uh, it's hilarious about but it. it. But it goes to show that they're more than capable of shipping highly, highly stable and polished software. All you need to do is look at messages in iOS 10. Memories could not work and no one would really complain too much. Uh, there's, oh, if there's messaging lots of, is broke, you, you, they would, Apple would just be inundated. But they had to nail messaging, and they did, mm-hmm. which goes to show us that They're diabolical. Apple can do it. <laughs> They're diabolical? Yeah, they can yeah. do it. So I guess that really ends our, our discussion on iOS 10. I guess we can bleed that into... Well, I think there's one more topic to discuss that sort of leads us from messaging to messaging. Yeah, so look at the other side of things of what... We're going to talk about Allo. Google Allo. So Google released two apps. Uh, well, they announced two apps this summer at Google I.O. They're Duo and Allo. Duo was their competitor to uh, FaceTime, which allows you to do video messaging. Kind of cool, a little more seamless, uh, cross-platform, but really adding no functionality that people with uh, FaceTime already have. So we won't talk much about that. And Allo, we don't really, like, I kind of want to end off here because... Uh, and I don't really want to talk too much about it because I don't think anyone really cares about Allo. So basically what they did with Allo is... But we are going to talk about how no one cares. That's really what it is. That's Nobody gives a shit. No one gives a shit. And I think that's the trend for most Google announcements going forward. No one cares. No one cares. Because no one has any expectations anymore. They so, know it's crap. They, they know that it's all about marketing. They know it's all about a head fake. And... Um, and the number one problem mm. with Allo is it doesn't have nearly as many features as iMessage or even other like WhatsApp and stuff like that. It doesn't have SMS integration and these basic features that a lot of people love about um, even Facebook Messenger. Uh, but the problem with Allo is by default it does no encryption like iMessage. And my tweet about it was um, on Allo you have to go into incognito mode to get a encrypted message between two people. An iMessage, that's called iMessage. You know, like that's the <laughs> difference. You know, like every single thing I send through iMessage is encrypted. It's safe. It's private. It's not stored yeah. on any server. But of course, Google didn't enable privacy out of the box no. because they want to harvest every last thing that you write. And the whole thing is the big feature of this is a 
is Google Assistant. And I can see where Google wants to go in the future. They want to be able to you know, have Google Now functionality, Google Assistant functionality, where you talk to a computer and it does things for you. So that's the, really the Trojan horse of Allo, is getting people to install this app so that they can talk to this assistant. But also, this assistant can be in between you and you talking to your friends. But that's like the biggest problem for me is say if I sent you a message, Chris, and you don't know if that's from me or I'm using an assistant, Google Assistant, to give you the proper response. So where iMessage, we're talking about how personalized and it's how, blow up how much face. it's like me. It's going to blow up to send, so bad. Like, you know that iMessage, like when I modify something or I make a picture in it or I, or I draw something on it, it's that's me personalizing my messages. Mm. You could literally get a message from me in Allo and it won't be me. Yeah, no, no thanks. Who wants that? But to, I, I don't want a robot in the middle of me talking to my friends. I you don't know, know how that, that benefits me. The people who are leading Google, you know what their problem is? They have contempt for humanity. I don't think they have any friends. I think they want to talk to a computer. Yeah, more totally. Than I really do think that the people at like the top of Google weird. have contempt for humanity. Yeah. The stuff that they think that people would be interested in, that they would gravitate to, from Google Glass to Allo and everything in between, they're completely out of touch with the average person. Well, let's just cut the this off. In general. Like, look, this whole Allo thing is totally useless anyway. Anyone that downloaded just wanted to try out the Google Assistant stuff. I don't think hardly anyone ever sent a message through Allo to another person that had Allo because the thing is, how the hell... At this point, you, you're the Android user. You've asked your friends, hey, um, can you download WhatsApp so we can talk? Can you download Google, Facebook Messenger so we can talk? Can you download Hangouts so we can talk? Which uh, Crashed and burned. Is Google just abandoning Hangouts? Who cares? Yeah, of course but they are. How do I convince my friends and family to download another fucking messaging app so that I will talk to them? Another Google messaging yeah, app that you, that you know damn well is just going to make its way to the dustbin within six months. Yeah, like this, it's a total waste of time that they made this. It sucks compared to everything on the market. Like face, like when you're talking about like how Facebook Messenger has more features and works better, WhatsApp, like what the market? You know, people are talking about the, the market for this is really Indian. It's a WhatsApp competitor. Like, but WhatsApp already exists and everyone already is using right. it. Well, if Google's making an app that's really focused on India, well, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. I don't live in India. Yeah, and it has less features. And you're saying, well, this is a version one product. Google have a little bit of vision. What will convince people to install a new messaging app? What do you really need to have? This assistant is not it. So then you're just going to have this assistant in a very basic messaging app. All they need to do is look at Apple. Yeah. What Apple did with messaging in iOS 10 is the single biggest reason to upgrade. And every yes. single person who realizes what they can do with messaging in iOS 10 is going to tell their friends and their family to upgrade, upgrade, upgrade. I've, 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 I've probably said it to a dozen people. Have you upgraded to iOS 10 yet? Because I want to send you something. I want to put effects on the message or screen effects or handwriting or heartbeats or something. And they're like, oh, wow, you can do that? And then, bam, that's another person upgraded. That's what Apple gets it. Google is And that's clueless. why iOS 10 is, and let's bring it to that like real quick, how quickly the adoption rate for iOS 10. That was it's massive. It's quicker than 9. They break the record every time. It's really fast. But I was looking at this amazing little chart, and I think I tweeted it, where it was showing the adoption rate of Android and iOS 10. Android, um, the latest version, new N. N, compared to iOS 10. 
And I saw this chart and it was showing the adoption rates on both the operating systems going on the exact same line, just as fast on the exact same line. And that's amazing when you look at it, it's like, how is Google, but then you realize what's different on this scale is the time. And it looks exactly the same when you take Android and you make it every month with iOS, the time scale was every two hours. <laughs> So Android, uh, iOS 10 has a faster, like, you have to bring the scale down to two hours versus a month in order to make them equal. Right. That's at the point we're at now for adoption. iOS 10 is adopted so quickly, and the messaging app, like you say, Chris. It's number one. Number one reason. It, it's the reason why I told all my friends to upgrade to it right away. It's the reason why I'm getting my, like, and we didn't talk much about this, but um, my sister is giving my dad an iPhone 5. I'm setting it up for him. The iPhone 5 has iOS uh, 10, um, so it all the way down to the 5 can upgrade, and I've actually been testing out this phone, playing around with it. I'm using it for a couple things just to test stuff. I'm amazed by how well iOS 10 works on a device that's four years old. It's amazing. It works perfect. I right. had no issues with it, and it's not my daily driver or anything. I'm not using it all the time, but I see no slowdowns, and that's that's the real difference is what we're seeing is how much better the upgrade cycle is for an iPhone. And right now you can go buy an iPhone 5 and have all the same features with this messaging app, sending all the dick pics and videos and cool stuff <laughs> and play games and all that on iOS on, a, on, a, on that device. When you're looking at the Nexus 6, doesn't have Nougat yet. Right. And that came out when? Last year? Uh, no, Nougat came out a month ago. Right. But the Nexus 6 Oh, the Nexus came 6 out... came out not even two years ago. Right. It will get Nougat, apparently. Someday. The Nexus 5 won't get it. Nexus 5 came out a year after the iPhone 5. Like we're talking about like devices that are way older, having all the same experiences as everyone else, and that's my biggest argument. It's always the practical update argument for Android versus so, iOS. But if I get this straight, um, the number of the, the percentage of Google's ba- base, Android's base, that's upgraded to Nougat is what, 5%? Yeah. Over a year? And iOS 10 is 35% over two no, weeks? No, no, uh, Nougat, Nougat is brand new, so it's less, way less than 3% right now. But the uh, Marshmallow is oh, right. 25%, 25% over a year. Which Apple eclipsed in less Hours. than two weeks. Like that was, now we're looking at almost a 50% adoption rate in iOS 10. Is it that like, high already? That's already over 50%. Yeah. It's a super fast adoption rate. That's unreal. That's half a billion devices that have been updated in but two weeks. But here's the thing. People talk about the expensive, like how iPhones are more expensive and all this, this argument from the Android side. You can buy a $100, $150 iPhone 5 and have everything that a brand new iPhone 7 has. Yeah, it's not going to run as fast. It's not going to have the fancy camera. It's not touch going to be ID, all that stuff. Blah, blah, blah. It's going to run the latest software. But if you want to be messaging people with the exact with iMessage and have all the coolest features in, in iOS 10, it's all there. It's Absolutely. Pretty cool. So there we go. That's our argument for, yeah, get an iPhone God. And so that the, what's the takeaway here is uh, I think the most important thing about Google Allo is that no one cares. No one cares. And I think that's something that uh, we'll sort of get used to with future Google products. No one cares. Yeah, and they'll just abandon it or abandon like like the Google, yeah. Google Hangouts. One of the biggest features it, it sold was the on-air and you could broadcast through Google Hangouts. That's gone. Google is desperate to do yeah. the next big thing and they have no idea what that is. They have no vision. No vision on how to build something compelling. Well, it's hard to have a consumers. vision for humanity when you hold contempt for it. Yeah, it's weird. And uh, it's a like... When Apple released, you know, the messaging app and showed it in WWDC, 
I don't know why Google just didn't look at their Allo thing and just toss it. Like they should have just <laughs> tossed it when they saw that. It's like we can't release this thing after seeing that. And yeah, they, but they didn't, uh, and now no one cares. It's just brutal how how much this stinker yeah, to, Allo to, is. To be one upped by somebody, you you need to have a concept like shame. You need to sort of yeah be shameable, and we know they're not. What a terrible product Allo is. It's so useless. It just didn't no one can come up with a real answer why it exists other than the Google Assistant stuff. But I that seems like a detriment to me. And like I said before, I don't know why I would want a robot talking for me on my, my most private thing in the world is my messages to my friends and yeah, family. Yeah, no. I mean, maybe sometime in the future I could see that kind of thing, but but that that's again with with Google. Their 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 predilection for Trying to telescope the future, shove it down our throats, half baked, half assed, half implemented. Oh, of course you're going to love it. You know, Here you go. But you know where I see the most visceral, the most people hating on Allo and hating on what Google is doing right now and this whole throw spaghetti at the wall approach to everything that they do? Our Android. And you know, I've talked about this before. And like, the, their fans the, the are hating this right now. They're yeah. hating it. Well, because I think embarrassment's starting to set in. Yeah, they're embarrassed to pull out these devices. Yeah. And. You know, when you, you don't know if your device, uh, at the worst, it, at the best, it doesn't get updates. At the worst, it blows up in your hand. So that's where Android is right now. And it's really, I know we harp on Android so much in this podcast, but. Well, because it's shit. It's garbage. It's so obvious garbage. And, and it's uh, it's sort of sad to see that, you know, a few billion people have bought into something that is absolute shit. Yeah, and it's come to a point, I'm going to bring up this really quick thing about Pokemon Go. But if you hand your kid your Android phone. They could just download a guide for Pokemon Go, and then they're rooted and have malware. And what we saw, you know, I, I will post this link on, on the, the blog, too, of a, there was this one guide, Pokemon Go guide. That's what it was called, exact wording of the title of the app. And if you downloaded it, it rooted your device, installed a piece of malware, stole information. And um, there's some rumors that it even, um, you know, uh, hijacked some devices and uh, ransomware. But... Imagine you just can't trust to hand your kid your phone and install a Google Guide app. And I'm not saying this is a small thing. Half a million people downloaded this app before it got pulled off the Play Store. This is not this is not the argument with Android saying, "Well, you just went to a place on the internet and downloaded an APK, and you you should you get what you you get." No, this was on the Google Play Store. Right. So there's no there's no like. I would Just never think about that for a second. That. Can you imagine downloading a piece of malware from Apple's App Store? It's impossible. Well, it's not impossible. Uh, someone might be able to eke it through the approval process. It's never happened. It's though. never happened. It's never happened. And it'll after never, all these years. They wouldn't be able to root your device and start taking stuff from everywhere and then using your camera. Like, this is just stuff that happens on Android. This is just a normal thing. And it's not just this line of, oh, yeah, well, those people were stupid and they downloaded something from a, from a seedy website or no, something. No, no, you went to the most legitimate source that there is and you yeah. still got malware. There's no protection there. Right. This is the state we're in right now, and it's kind of weird to even argue with. And I think, I think as we go forward with the podcast, I think we're going to start talking about Android less and less because I think as an IT person, as professionals, we, it's irrelevant. It's completely irrelevant. It's amazing that we have eighty percent of the mobile market using an operating system that, as IT professionals, couldn't people I couldn't, set up phones. I wouldn't take the time to piss on it. No, and there's no point. Like I'm not helping. Like I don't even have any customers that I. That use this because if you're serious about anything, yeah. if you have any money whatsoever, you don't use Android. Well, of all the hosting customers that we have, you know, the, the number of Android devices, it's probably measured in the dozens. Yeah. Because most people in business 
tend to use iOS. And we write guides. We write guides for like how to set up your device on an on an Android device, just much as we do on iOS devices. But it's impossible to write a guide that sets up every single like every single Android phone is totally different in how like we're a little we're a yeah, little messed frag- up. But Mike, fragmentation isn't a real problem. Oh god, yeah. Depending on what phone you buy, you do, I don't know which mail app you're going to have. Right. Like we just have a guide. Here's the Outlook for Android app. Here's how to set that up because that's the only consistent thing that we can say. It's brutal. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what? Um, I think we should wrap up there because we've been at this for a while. Yep. Um, we will try to get a podcast out uh, with less of a gap in between this one and the next one. We keep saying that. You know, like, <laughs> I think they're gonna they're gonna catch on after a while. That we we, we just do this whenever we feel we, like. No, whenever we can. It's not when we feel like. <laughs> no, it. no, I know. Yeah. But we'll get it up quicker next time, guys. We really appreciate you stopping by and uh, checking this out. Um, you know, this one I'm going to edit it down a bit, but I think it's going to be a little long. So I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we just, we just really want to point out the stuff that it seems like a lot of people are talking about, and point out some stuff that people aren't talking about. And um, you know, it's it's becoming blatantly obvious of where people should be looking for their technology and who's who's leading the way. It's not just software. It's not just hardware. It's just a vision of what our future in technology is. Mm-hmm. We just want to make sure that, uh, you know, we're making predictions. We, we make solid predictions, and we just want to make sure people know that uh, we're, we're trying to speak... You're getting the straight the, goods. We're trying, we're trying to speak the right language and trying to give people real information and stuff that they can actually say to their friends and, and not sound like idiots. Sure, that's a great, <laughs> great description for the podcast. There yep, we go. Yep. Anyway, guys, thanks for joining us. Uh, my name is Mike Lovo. If you want to hit me, I am uh, Tinted Green on Twitter, T-I-N-T-E-D-G-R-E-E-N. I decided to just spell it out that time. It's hard for me. You see a lot of squinting there, eh, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> how about you, man? How can they find you? Chris Marriott. Chris Marriott, M-A-R-R-I-O-T-T on Twitter. That's All right, me. guys. Well, thanks for uh, joining us, and uh, we'll, t- we'll see you next time. Ciao.